Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, this is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio I'm your co-host James Boyd, with me I have Rich Lotto What's going on man? Not much, man. Long, long day. I had some issues like around the house with like plumbing and that was a, a whole nightmare scenario, but all fixed and cool now. So, um, you know, ready to talk about this wrestling and we watched Backlash last night. So get ready for the Backlash. Like, you know, every year at Backlash, they, they do something ridiculous or stupid or something like that. Going back to, like, Jinder Mahal winning the belt a couple years ago. Um, Backlash 2018, which is, like, on the Mount Rushmore of worst WWE pay-per-views I've ever seen. Uh, I don't think this one was that, but this is, like, right above that level. Um, and I'm just, like, I was watching something on the show, a couple things on the show last night. And it was just like, wow, this is bad. And then this is horrible. And this is among the worst things I've ever seen. So um, there's a lot to talk about. We've got what else? We've got the Heyman stuff. We've got uh, Wednesdays. We've got um, a couple other things. But uh, what's up with you, man? I am just looking at my TV screen and I just saw R Truth walk up on Akira Tozawa. And Akira Tozawa had the goons. And by goons, I mean ninjas. So, and he did the, he, he did the Daniel-san crane kick from Karate Kid on, on, um, on, uh, Akira Tozawa. He didn't kick him, but he did the pose. Wow. That, that's, that's a part of one of the worst things I've seen, uh, them apparently making Akira Tozawa a ninja, you know? <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. You know? <sighs> All right. Um, my thoughts on... Well, let's not even go there first. Uh, well, first, let's 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 tell them about you know the new thing we got here going on, and I'm really excited to talk about it because this is a 
this is a long time coming like a real real sponsor for you boys <laughs> and you know on the social boys podcast network you're going to hear this throughout um a couple of these shows but um you know i don't know about y'all but you know i basically um you know, I, I can think of times when, you know, I'm trying to groom myself and, you know, sometimes it might just not go all the way well. Like, uh, it's kind of hard doing your thing with a razor all the time. So, like, uh, that's why we kind of linked up with uh, with Manscaped. Uh, so, like, the deal with it is you guys uh, will get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com. And that's, like, 20% off with your free shipping at manscaped.com. And once again, use the code SUPLEX, all caps. Uh, y'all know how to spell it. Um, you know, when I was in my um, younger days and, and run around these here streets, you know, the Manscaped would have would have come in, you know, and, um, you know, in handy then. But <laughs> they, uh, you know, give you like the charging dock. Did, did you get your box, James? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my box, but I'm trying I'm trying to understand why you're trying to tell us that like you were giving Catherine Bush. I don't I don't <laughs> I, I, I did not need to know that. I did not want to know that at all. No, nah, well, I didn't. I, I didn't say that at all. I've been coming around to, to what was the to implication the, uh, to the slim game. I'm talking about when I was a younger, a much younger man. Oh, you oh, know. Oh, okay. So, uh, but make sure you guys uh, check that out. So, um, you know, support your boys. You know, they, um, you know, twenty percent off. You can't beat that. So, and your balls will thank you. Trust me. Um. So. Um, from, when are we gonna be able to from, start slinging dick pills? I think that I think I think we'll be better uh, at slinging the dick pills. I mean, you know, the the dick pills. One day, you know, I was gonna say, you know, from shaving our balls to getting kicked in them, we can talk about WWE backlash now, or getting a bowling ball rolled into them. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man, uh, not a good show. Had a main event that I thought went from masturbatory to pretty good over the length of time that it went um, and I thought I don't think the last time we've been so hard on a pay-per-view was probably Hell in a Cell last year um, a WWE pay-per-view but or TLC, um, one of those oh yeah TLC was a stinker and it made no sense why I was a stinker and that main event Jesus but um yeah uh, you're right it's TLC but um, what I will say about this pay-per-view was um, I thought that the wrestlers tried very, very hard. Bobby Lashley and McIntyre tried very, very hard. They had a really good match until, you know, they, that stupid finish. Um, I thought that uh, the the women in the six or in the uh, triple threat tag match tried their best. Obviously, you know, the limitations with some of the people that are in the match, but I thought they tried to have the best match they could. Um, and I think that WWE is doing a pretty good job in these, like, multiple-person women's tag matches of kind of, like, getting people, like, in and out and in movement or whatever else, opposed to, like, trying... And they're doing a good job of uh, accentuating strengths and hiding flaws, so I think that's they're on a good job with that, like, just throughout the company in general. Um, the main event, man, like, I really like the main event. Um, it obviously is, you know... <laughs> they have multiple cracks at it, but like I think overall, in general, in the ring wise, Edge and Cri- um, Orton. Orton, I thought they had yeah. a really, 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 really good uh, match. Um, I would even go as far as saying great. I, I 
probably would give it something like four. Um, right now, I've, I've watched so much wrestling that I'm burnt out, so that I have I have no actual gauge for how good something actually is. Like, um, so, but but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the match at the, towards especially like the last two thirds of it. Um, the beginning, like basically, like after the blood, after the blood spot, I was like, I was hating it, the match. I was like, Jesus Christ. Thanks, Cody. You have ruined blood for all of wrestling for the, for the time being right now in <laughs> AEW in general. It's not just it's not just Cody problem. Like you had fucking Orange Cassidy bleeding uh, on Wednesday, but um, yeah. So, but the match turned around like, and throughout the whole match, there was a genuine effort in trying. Like I haven't seen Orange hit ropes that hard in shit probably since he was wrestling Daniel Bryan in 2013. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that it. You know, a lot of the stuff was wacky and goofy and stupid. The uh, the Viking, um, sorry, the Viking prophets skit was one of the worst things I've seen in wrestling this year. Um, yeah, complete <laughs> throw it in the trash, like wrestle crap, fuck off, all no, that. Same, just same. Like- we'll, we'll, we're, we're, we'll talk about it in a second, but but yeah, just in general. Bad show, but had highlights, and most of it, and most of the highlights were due to the overwhelming um, determination of these wrestlers to try to bust their ass and entertain us. Vince, Kevin Dunn, the rest of the brain, Pritchard, and the rest of the brain trust, they, you know, not so much, but the wrestlers, they want to work hard and try to give us a good product. It's amazing, man. Um, like we always are, like on the side of the wrestlers because we we have to trust the wrestlers to save it in the ring, and sometimes they can't because of the limitations that are placed upon them. Um, then other times it's like, well, everything goes wrong. But um, as far as the Orton Edge thing, like I thought that it was like a spoof of a great match. It was like they were. <laughs> it was like Vince was like, "All right, they want to see a great match. We're gonna we're gonna do everything that's you know in a great match. Like they're gonna steal a bunch of finishers. They're gonna kick out a million uh, things. Like well, we need a shotgun to to beat one of them. And um, it, it it was like it looked like Randy Orton put together just like a stripped down version of an NXT main event. And you know." It like like I said the it, it felt like a parody of a great match rather than them actually going to have a great match if that makes any sense, um, and you know it was good to see Edge like you know show up at whatever age he is I think he's forty seven um, you know and Randy Orton you know working hard is such a rare thing yeah. it's like. <laughs> It's like, oh wow, this is this is kind of different here. You see, um, you, you see it like maybe once or twice a year at this point, right? But I I absolutely hated the presentation uh, of this match. Uh, right. I guess we just roll right into it. I thought it was a, um, I thought them lowering the rim on these guys showed they had no faith in them to actually be professionals, and it seemed like Orton and Edge were trying to work in despite of that. Um, they they had the fake crowd pipe uh, piped in noise that just threw me off the whole time. They were taking bumps uh, where there was no uh, you know audio of the bump. Like there were you know commentators being zoomed on where the commentators not even like talking or anything. But you hear the audio going off. They um, are zooming in on people that are in the crowd like while they're you know playing the shit that's crazy. But the person in the crowd is not doing anything. Uh, just everything around this match. It was like. WWE 
decided like these are all the things that a great match has so we're gonna put them there but they have no idea why they actually work like they they have no idea why the great kickouts actually work they have no idea why someone you know hitting multiple finishers actually you know you know gets over like that like the best near fall i think i've seen this year was you know when kenny kicked out of the damn uh golden trigger when the bucks did that it was like the bucks stooping so low to use like you know his move that he did with his former partner like and then he kicks out at one and it was just like that took that match to another level, and it was like uh, the crowd got fired up. Kenny got fired up. Every and it just seems like these were just placeholder things they were putting in the match just to say they had them or whatever, rather than it actually feeling like it was meant to be there. Um, well, I, I feel like as far as the finishers from multiple people, like the kill switch, the Edge doing the kill switch makes sense because of Christian, right? Um, Triple H doing the uh the pedigree makes makes sense to me but once you start throwing out like and then you know edge doing a sh- trying to attempt a sharpshooter because he's canadian fine <clears throat> whatever um but like once you throw out a rock bottom i'm like what now now it's gone from these are actually people in our lives and you know whatever else and through our careers and arcs like what would have made more sense for either one of them like either one of them pulled off of aa that would have made more sense. But mm-hmm. like once you thought the rock bottom, it's kind of like, okay, so now we're like doing the, you know, I thought someone's going to do a stunner next. Like, yeah, some of the stuff made sense as far as the finish. Some stuff didn't. The rock made no sense. They have no ties to the rock. Like the closest thing you have a tie to the rock with, uh, either one of them is like Randy Orton and WrestleMania 20. Right. Mm-hmm. But and that's, that's loose at best. Right. It, it just didn't, it, for me, it just didn't make much sense. Like, there was no fully mandible claw, even though, like, those, you know, those are probably, those are both of their guys' five best matches. Um, yeah, it just, you know, I just thought, like, they went from, that would that makes more sense if you stick it to, you know, like you mentioned, like, the, the golden trigger, right? Compared to um, just go, pulling out random people from the past or whatever else because it's like there's no tie to them and you actually it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like anything that's actually earned. Well, so, I got another yeah. one for you, like uh, G1 Final 2016. Ironically, Kenny again he breaks out all the finishers of the old Bullet Club leaders and be like, I'm better than all of them, or right. I you know like I I was in the background and you know took all these things, but what's going to actually put me over the top is my move. Like like that's those are like the storytelling elements that WWE just doesn't either care about or get. Hell, I mean, um, look, look at Abushi when Abushi goes out there and does the um does the Mumbai knee. Yeah, like you can. I mean, you can also talk about Risk uh, Risky doing the 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 knee too. But yes. well, actually, yeah. no, well, not the knee that he does the, the the ass with it, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it just it just didn't feel like that that part was offering because it's like. Is this thing? Is this supposed to be? Once you pull out the pedigree, it's supposed to be like the answer to it is the Rock because that's a career rival for Triple H. It's like how does that tie back to the story that y'all are telling in the ring right now between y'all two and everything y'all got going on? Because like, no. if that's the case, when I honestly when he did the pedigree, I was expecting a super kick to come from Edge, and then I got a right bottom. I was like, huh? Because <laughs> then you play on like the rivalries between these two people, and also the fact that like the heat for a reason why these two people 
and why was so and why people are so into their them fighting in this very moment is because like there's a genu- they have shown on TV over years or even right now in the case of Sean and Hunter and Edge and Orton is like there's a genuine love there. So like him super kicking Sean would have made more sense to me. But whatever, I'm, I'm getting hung up on the finisher thing. But like, yeah, I mean, I do. But yeah, continue. Sorry, I derailed your point about like it. Just felt like they were. Your point was they were, they were throwing all this stuff together of what they and that wasn't their mind. It makes a great match as opposed to when it's kind of like uh, sterile. That was that was right. Weird. Yeah, right. It's like they. Um, it's like we we run all these plays that you know, like like say, um, you know. The 1998 Chicago Bulls. They ran a triangle offense. You know, you know who else ran the triangle offense, James? The Timberwolves. The 1990 <laughs> look, look. The 1999 Chicago Bulls. So like, oh, yeah. it's like okay, they you. have the same plays, but like it, they're not. They don't have the equipment or you know to to carry out the same thing. You know who else ran a triangle? The fucking Dallas Mavs with Jason Kidd. Like when he was young, like with Jim Jackson and them, they was getting their heads beat in because obviously they don't. You know, know what they're doing. Like that's what this felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the current is Kevin Love. Uh, Timberwolves also ran triangle too. Right. You see, you see what happens when you don't have like Jordan or Kobe or Shaq, like right. <laughs> or right. Scotty, like. Right. Um, so like, yeah, but I, I these guys wrestled really hard, and I think they did have like under the circumstances, um, everything going into it. I thought it was a good match too. Mm-hmm. Um, like right at. You know, between the cowards rating and four, so um, <laughs> cowards rating, yeah. So, why are you anti point seven fives, man? Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's for cowards, like, so because, <laughs> like, it was like, would you plant like they're, they're they're fake, like, the star rays are fake, so like, why are we, why are we fucking around with a point seven five? Like, it's for cowards, so, so should we get so should we also get rid of court all quarters, all all point seven fives and all point two fives? Nah, 0.25, I just feel a little different because well, it ain't quite a four why? and a half, but, like, it's better than a four. Well, so. the reason why I say this is because, like, when cage match, you go on cage match and you look at people's ratings or whatever else, it's one through nine, or sorry, it's one, or zero through ten, so you know the automatic, or one through ten, so you all know automatically, like, you got to, you know, if you just divide it in half, those are all halves. So when people yeah. got to vote on matches on cage match. They're doing halves anyway. So why? So why? Why are you? Why are the seven point seven fives is what your hangup is, but not the, the point two fives? Uh, I don't know. I just never really, really considered. You know. Okay. You know okay. the cowards ratings, like you know, because it, it, it looked like you know you getting right back around to the top again, like like it's a clock essentially. How I look at it, like you know, if you pass that hour, that four, you know, you you over, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, look, uh, Kenny and Tanahashi cowards rating five point seven five. Uh, Naito, <laughs> Naito and Kenny five point seven five. Osprey and Okada five point seven five. Cowards ratings, all of them. Wow, just go to six. How about we just uh, stay at five? Like no, uh, man, we over the top, man, over the top. But um, <clears throat> the cinematic shit underneath this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the main thing, right? Like. You look at Deb for me, and I was going to make this point. Like, what we have, the wrestling, regardless of the fact that, let's say, even if you know, if you're someone that's into, that's okay with, and I'm okay with it. Like, you want to tape a match, fine. I don't care. Like, I know people edit matches all the time. Like, I watch um, Joshi shows that are two hours long. And you can see just after a spot, all of a sudden they just cut through some, cut through something. So I don't care. 
Um, so, like, a pre-tape match has been edited. Like, when they say stuff is live to tape or whatever else, who knows what they've actually really cut? You'll never know. Um, so, Lucha Underground is another example of that. Um, but anyway, so for me, I thought that if you just get rid of the goofy editing, the nonsense where, and this is something that like doesn't really bother me for the most part when um when people complain about backstage segments where like somebody is doing something nefarious backstage, how come somebody doesn't recognize it or realize that there's a camera right there and he's like you're supposed to be you the camera's not supposed to be existing right now we're supposed to, we're basically are seeing this is basically turning into a TV show right now as opposed to you know. A, a wrestling federation or a simulation of a real actual legitimate sport or whatever else with camera crews and interviewers or whatever else when the cam when the camera when the interviewer's not around so um but when they did the superplex spot where they do the superplex and like they give us a camera angle that indicates clearly like the cameraman's inside the fucking ring right now. Like this yes. call coming from the calls coming from inside the house. The the shot is coming from inside the ring. I was like, I can't. I hate this. I hate this. Yeah. Uh, when they when Orton went for a spike DDT and they did the camera shot like where clearly the the uh, the cameraman was inside the ring, pointing the camera up to catch Edge's face and knowing, oh my god, I'm about to get a DDT. I fucking hated that too. Like, look. But. What I want to focus on because I thought the match was, it got very good was how hard they worked, the match they laid out, the stuff where like the match was a struggle from beginning to end, and I mean in a way of like wrestling's not slick, wrestling's not easy. These people aren't just goofs that get let moves get done to them like it's a fucking video game on practice mode. It was people are struggling and fighting for roll ups and and all types of technical shit to get the the pin people. I really enjoyed this match. Um, was it the best match WWE even put on um, this weekend if you include Friday as a weekend? No, but it was a good-ass match. I'm not holding them to the greatest match ever because that's clearly some bullshit ploy. I said that last week. I'm not holding that. I just want them to have a good-ass match. They did that. So from that perspective, in the ring, the stuff they did, I'm happy with that. Just the rest of Vince McMahon hating, uh-huh. res- hating wrestling. Go away. Yeah, same same with you. Uh, so like, thumbs up for them do for them dudes effort and whatever else and you know edge you know tearing a fucking uh, triceps having to do a do redo a spot uh, for, for to get the camera shot or whatever the hell they were doing, whatever. Stop um, lowering the rim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just if they had that same match edited and all that stuff and then put in their goofy stuff, their match the match would be even better. But whatever. Uh, so. Let's, let's just go talk about the. Uh, yeah, the let's do it. Let's, we've ever seen um, this. This I, I have it labeled as cinematic garbage tag. Like I didn't rate it. I refuse to rate it. It's not wrestling. It's just like all types of fuckery. Not understanding comedy. Um, you know, Akira out showing up as a fucking ninja. Yes, one of the most charismatic, uh, you know, Japanese wrestlers you've ever had. Instantly got himself over on day one when he showed up in yep. his fucking company. Uh, gets nothing but, you know, doing jobs. And, you know, somebody got to do jobs, but, like, you, you do this shit, and it's like, you already know fans feel like you have not a clue what you're doing with Japanese wrestlers uh, for the most part. And the to put him in a gi and make him a fucking ninja man and to roll out, you know, the seven foot five black guy as the gag of the comedy for it is just like, 
who's this for? Um, the street uh, profits and Viking Raiders, they are complete goofs. Uh, both teams now running away after they break Braun Strowman's car or whatever. Um, the the tag one of these pe- teams are the champions, James, the champions of the world. Like oh, man, th- those belts have been cooked ever since WrestleMania 34. So, oh god, like and well, it, it, when was the last time they were worth a damn? When was the last time those belts were worth a damn? 2017, maybe, maybe. Yeah, between uh, yeah, when it was like the Bar versus uh, you know, Shield. Yeah, right, right. Um. And it's just like, I thought this thing was absolutely atrocious, horrible. This was like the lowest of the low. This was WWE at its worst, at its not understanding what fans actually want to see. The cinematic shit in, done in the most terrible way. They learn nothing from the stadium stampede again. And it seems like every time WWE goes back to it, whether it's the Cole shit or the Gargano and Ciampa shit, like it's getting worse. Like what, what they're doing with this and the money in the bank ladder match, the fucking goofy music underneath with no commentary or whatever. It's like a complete, like just skit that's there. It's like, I don't enjoy this. I just want to see people fight each other that hate each other. Is that so fucking hard? Um, they did all these goofy skits leading up to this to, you know, to do what you assume was going to be a match. But even then, there was no match. And then you have the, the referee showing up at the end telling Ivar he's cute as a gag or whatever. You know what the and gag is, though? Yes. That What's the gag? Big women find Ivar attractive, right. quote unquote. Right. And and why, would you, why would you do that to one of your fucking... Why, one, why would you do that in general? And then why would you do that to your ref? Right. First <sighs> off, you know they don't like to have their refs have any fucking personalities and just be completely like interchangeable, right? That's the reason why they got recreated Kyoto, right? Mm. Um, or not the reason why they got Kyoto, but like that's how the, that's how like the, they're. The, I'm sorry, um, um, dispensable. He, you know, Vince sees all of them right now, yeah. right? Like. So, for her, that that's gonna be her thing. Like that's the only time you're ever gonna see anything with her, and that's what you're gonna remember every time you see her, because she's the only woman ref right now on the main roster. Yeah, and when they say big, this is what WWE is saying that she is. Because if you look at the other skits, like there would be a bigger woman that would compliment Ivar, and right. that's to continue that. Right, you and then say about Eric, you, you say or Ivar, you're cute. Eric, not so much. Yeah, um, yeah. What did you think about this? I thought that they were okay, and then all of a sudden, like once they start going to Ivar daydreaming every five seconds, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then it made me like, "Oh yeah, I'm calling this this motherfucker." Like, of course, like. This is happening to these guys' career. Like, I'm in fact, I'm calling him Ivor right now instead of Hanson, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Viking experience. It's <laughs> so goofy. Um, yeah, man. Like, I don't. The only, the only, the only like good part about this, and I, and from their perspective, is they got their nice little buffer match. They had a half hour of bullshit to put on before Edge and Orton. That Lord all that Lord you know cleansed the palate or whatever you want to call it. So, but outside of that, nah, man, like they, no, just no. It was goofy. Um, like for the, for the like once they 
they do the like I, uh, I can't even know where to start like because my mind I'm like I'm thinking of things and I'm thinking of like other things like I just thought about the when they did the they they ran out of the dumpster after they jumped into the dumpster for no fucking reason and then they jumped out because all of a sudden like the the it's like they're inside the trash compactor in um, episode four of Star Wars and it's alive now and it can eat them so whatever um, then before that they're, they're, they 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 clock they they run away from the ninja by climbing like I don't know that you know I know they're professional wrestlers but like. Never in the history of wrestling has anyone ever climbed to escape somebody and it worked out well for them, ever. Hmm. So, um, that, uh, shit, that goes back to Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels, the first one. But, uh... Look, remember, remember what Hawk did? Oh, God. God damn it. You want to tell the people what, what happened? <laughs> you know, Hawk was climbing up the Titan Tron. You oh know, I, I don't know if he was trying to escape some or he was, you know, uh, well, his demons. Alter- he was trying to escape his, his demons. demons. There you go. Um, but I guess there was uh, beef, you know, between Animal and then Draws, you know, Draws being brought in to kind of, you know, replace him and be that third role. But then Hawk fell off the fucking Titan Tron. So, yeah. Okay, so like now that I'm thinking about the Star Wars tr- uh, trash compactor in uh in one of the uh, Star Destroyers, I think the Star Destroyer, um, that scene where they're fighting the ninjas in Tazawa, that was that was supposed to be like that was like uh, Rush Hour, right? Like that the fight scene in the Rush Hour, right? Uh, when, they're, when they're in the massage parlor, that, like when they're doing the spot where they're like they're doing moves and they're jumping over each other to hit somebody behind them, look out. That was from Rush Hour, wasn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, there's the bowling ball spot where like they're starting to fight each other with weapons and they say, "What are we doing fighting each other with weapons?" And they put down the weapons all together. Um, you know, he, he gets the bowling after the end. They get the bowling ball again, and you, I remember uh, I think Flo was asking, "Why are they fighting this long hallway?" And then. Sure enough, Ivar rolls the ball, the bowling ball, right into um, Montez Ford's nuts, and I'm like, "Well, there's your answer. You needed a a, a bowling lane for for lack of a better." Yeah. Word. Um. There's the spear through the uh, through the glass. Uh. Yeah, man. There's a time when like the the ninjas randomly show up, um, and then all of a sudden they become the Viking prophets. Uh. Your boy Ivar can control a turkey leg and can summon it like the hammer of Thor. It's just yeah. like there are Bad. some th- there are some things that in a vacuum would have gotten a good reaction, but they but it's just similar to what they did with the main event. They they have a checklist of things they think are funny without worrying if they're actually funny in context mm-hmm. when they're put together. And it failed. That's that's a lot of the issue with um why a lot of people hated um the T or not TLC the uh the lat- money in the bank ladder match. It's like there are some things there to me that I found hilarious in that thing, but for the most part, it's a miss because none of that stuff, most of the stuff didn't go together well, right? And then they did like random stuff like doink or bringing out Akira Tozawa as a fucking ninja, like Bruce Pritchard. Brother Love just hanging out there. The Undertaker yeah, yeah, coming out, just, yeah, just getting done finishing taking the shit. So Ray, so Ray just like is there smiling at the fact that he knows he that that 
uh, Pritchard just took a shit. Why would Ray Mysterio give a flying fuck if Hitman took a shit or not? Yeah. They're, they're so disconnected. Undertaker, Undertaker has an office in, in headquarters. Like, that's not the worst idea in the world. That is kind of funny on on his face, but didn't work. Uh, having a, a money in the bank room that yeah. Dana thinks that like that she just wanted it there. It's like okay, well, she's a dummy. It, it made him like a it made him like a dumbass. How would it work? It would have worked better with a heel, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just it's just you know we're, we're now we're talking we're relitigating the fucking not relitigating but like bashing that match again, but. Like it's the same thing. It's like there are things there that like are fun to play with, but like all together, it, it wasn't executed well enough to make it work. If someone else had, you know, their hands on it, they could have made it work probably, and you know, would have cut a lot of other things out to not make it seem so absolutely totally random. So, like it's just you know, it's it's almost like they they're like let's do this, and then like let's take all these ideas that, on how to play with this stuff. Without like, while going from station to station, not worried about like whether or not this actually works as a story together. And also, it was totally unannounced that we we're going to get a match like this. So like they just just un just basically like without even telling us we were going we were just going they just gave us like unannounced unhyped cinematic wrestling. Right, right. I was like, no one asked for this. Like this wasn't no one at all, at all. Especially after they had hyped all this stuff, was like they're doing all this comedy stuff to try to, you know, their ideas. It gives it gives them a personality. It makes them seem like more like they, you know, they have something going for them and characters. And like you can say, and for me, it's like, well, what the fuck? Like you know, Dawkins and and, and Ford have been doing this for like what over a year now. It's been yeah, a year. Like, right? if, if we don't know them by now, like like what the right. fuck? Like, and they're actually over with the crowd when they're at these places. So it's like, all right, at what point do they actually get, you know, not get serious, but like, at what point do they actually, like, you know, showcase the reason why they're really here for? Like, they did a really good job when they had that, that random ass, you know, last, last chance title thing against, um, um, Seth and Buddy. But like, outside of that, they've done nothing but say, like, you know, you've never ever been the NXT or the main roster, being Viking Raiders, you do all this stuff. All right, well, let's get a match now. No, no, let's let's waste thirty yeah, minutes no, on this let's goofy just fuck shit. Off. Like, right? Amazing. Um, and they've gotten the Viking Raiders under throughout this whole thing. After you know they were doing a good job with them when they first came up, but you know they got thrown into the Kevin Owens and um, Seth Rollins thing with Samoa Joe. Samoa that got broke up because Samoa Joe got hurt and and caught a violation. And then they kind of just been around, and now they're you know we got to make them funny, even though we got them over originally being serious. We got to have you know, them in the car, you know, chanting Viking Raiders and shit, and holding you know driving around the city, riding around a city near you with a a turkey leg. Is I like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we had WWE title match Drew and Lashley. This was awesome. Awesome, and I was into this match ahead of time. And they, I felt like these guys rewarded me. Uh, they came out there, and they, it felt like they wanted to hit each other hard. They had chemistry. They had timing. Uh, Lashley dropped Drew on his fucking dome like he had been oh, watching all Japan. He hit that man with something burning, huh? Correct. <laughs> um, and I thought this was just like Yes, this this was a hell of a match. I was gonna go four stars on until the finish. 
<sighs> these guys bust her ass, had a great match, and then at the last second, they bring Lana's ass out there to remind you that you're watching WWE. And then what happens? Drew can't just beat the man. He has to win on a distraction, you know, for the move. I dot them a whole half a star for that because I like the match that much or whatever. And then they decide to fuck me. And I'm always worried about this company fucking me, James. Like right. I never have to do this with any other promo- promotion right. I watch. Right. Right. Um, and this is why. I, and, and this is the proof right here. You know, it's kind of funny. I don't know if this is a recent thing. This is a recent thing. I don't know. I can't speak to the, um, the 2018 stuff with Roman with Lashley, but it seems to me that he is like the rare big man that has his best matches with other big men as opposed to like nowadays big men prefer having matches with the smaller dudes so they can play like the bully and do the the easy story of big man little man. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in my opinion Lashley's two best matches by far since he's came back have been that last man standing match with Strowman last year and this match. It is just weird because it's like, you know, you know, McIntyre works hard and he has good matches all the time, especially since especially in this run uh, since he won the Royal Rumble. I'm believing him as as the champion. I told you. See, the thing is, you don't you don't watch this shit. But like he we all like this match was over with me. Right, right. Even when he was a heel. We always acknowledge, like, he works hard. His matches are good when they let him have matches, like, especially when he's working with, like, Seth or Finn Balor or whatever else. It's just that, like, he's working a hill. He's in fucking Corbin Goon, the the, the first version of the car of Corbin Goon. Like, and they're tra- playing that, like, Corbin's the actual star, which is like, why the fuck are you playing as a star? And you look at it now, and it's like, think all the time we wasted in 2018. Yeah. Think all that time we wasted. We knew then that, like, it's Drew. It's not fucking Corbin. Stop wasting our goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean and by we I don't mean just rich and just me I mean the entire fucking wrestling world with two goddamn eyes two goddamn ears and one functioning brain so but yeah. anyway McIntyre I feel so bad for this dude this dude I believe I feel that if right now he was in front of a crowd the crowd would really genuinely take to him cause he's doing a lot of good work with promo wise him his stuff um, Mike wise when he goes back and forth with MVP has been good every time I've ever I've peeped in on it like MVP's done a great job as a manager for uh, for Lashley in a way that like it, he's not as good as Leo Rush was but I feel like he's better for Lashley it's a better fit for Lashley than just like Leo is such a star that he can get anything over whereas like MVP is getting Lashley over and with this Lana thing it kind of you know it kind of it did a lot of work for um, Lashley's character that Lashley can't really that, that seems to not be capable of actually doing himself. Um, so yeah, I thought that this program was a you know looking back on it and seeing that match until that finish, even with the finish, still a really good match. But you look at what they've done between the two; it's not over. I will actually want another match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate that fucking finish, but I still want another match eventually with them. Um, and I, you know, it's, I, I wish they had a better finish, but you know, program drew himself, Lashley himself with MVP. I feel like all this stuff is pointing is two thumbs up, right? Or uh, well, at least one thumb up right now. And like, think how many times, think how rare that has been the last few years with like top champions in WWE. 
so you know they're 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 off to a good start so far. Yeah. Um, then we had the other. Um, but don't do title that shit match. Again. Yeah. Don't do that finish bullshit again. Yeah, we had the other time title match. I have this written down as Strowman versus Geeks, uh, and those were Geeks were uh, Miz and Morrison. Yep. Um, everything that like. Remember that that song, uh, Everything I'm Not, Miss Me, Everything I Am. So everything that uh, Drew and Lastly was, Strowman vs. the Geese was Who not. Who is this? Uh, Kanye. Who? On graduation. Yeah. Who? Oh. What um, album? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was say, do, do I have to um, have you use the beep for. for um... <laughs> no, no. I, I kind of got loose with that last time. Hey, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Like, I felt, I was like, oh, I should just edit that off all entire, but whatever. I beeped it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I, I um. Yeah, I I hated this as a whole gimmick. I'm like, why couldn't they just book a three way? It would have made way more sense here, um, and and say yeah, and, and make Miz and Morrison kind of unwilling to you know they were like, well, why the fuck do we have to fight each other? And then Strowman's there, he got his pick between either one of them he wants. So you could have still did your fucking goofy you know two on one match with making a three way. So you don't have to like have them breaking up each other's pins and shit like on the same team. Like it's I don't know, it was just fucking dumb. Like two stars, fuck off. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna get this match much. Like it it was just a uh, like John Morrison's really good, but the problem is ultimately nobody is paying to see Braun Strowman sell. People are paying people that. That, that like Braun Strowman want to see Braun Strowman destroy people, shoulder tackle the shit out of them, power slam the shit out of them, beat the fuck out of them, and basically like every every Braun look we know what a Braun a good the good Braun Strowman matches they follow the Braun Strowman formula. Every t- there are very few uh, times of success when you when you deviate from that given you know his limitations and his injury history that he can do more than that. Just do the Braun Strowman match. No one's going to be mad if you do the Braun Strowman match. People enjoy the Braun Strowman match. Do the Braun Strowman match. That's all I have to say. Uh, Ms. Morrison's gear was fucking on the, on another level. Elite. Like, I don't even remember. Yeah, it was like, like, navy, like navy blue like sequins, like both of them, and they matched or whatever. It was super hard. I'll look at it. Um, um, Strowman, uh, I watched the the build up to this match, and I was like, "Wow, this is a this is a championship match uh, that they're uh, building this up." Like, wow, like I can't believe this. <laughs> so these belts are not over. These is like like Drew's gonna have to keep doing work to solidify his his title, but Strowman, they don't know what the fuck to do with him. Yeah, um, this is just they, you know, this is clearly just. And this was like this uh, Otis Cashman was hanging hanging over this and it was like well that ain't gonna help anything <laughs> so yeah like this is clearly just they wanted they wanted Roman to be the champion Roman said fuck you I'm going home and, and they it was like well who are we gonna put it on alright put it on Strowman we don't wanna and are we gonna do anything to validate the fact that like or try to uh, alleviate like people's uh Issues with Strowman, the fact that like y'all clearly do not give a fuck about Strowman and haven't uh, and have no care with him and just beat him in every big match. And are you gonna do anything to try to fix that to try to like get some of that off of him? No, you're gonna just let that stink just linger there. Okay, cool. So here comes the Fiend and next program. Fiend's Fiend's gonna show. Or sorry, the Fiend slash Bray White is 
coming to get his his second match um, on Friday, apparently. Uh, so oh, yeah. they're back to that. I figured they were going to save that for uh, SummerSlam or something, but they're doing it now. Jesus. Yeah. Um, then we had Oscar and Nia Jax. They were hitting each other hard for the couple minutes. They they went at it. Uh, it was actually all right. Um, Oscar was not injured, so that's good. Yep. Uh, but of course, didn't didn't suck. Bad finish, but didn't suck as far as bell to bell. Yeah, a double count out. So I I don't know why they can't just have someone lose and then come out and cut a promo and say, hey, you know, I want to fight you again or something. This they, this is what they feel they have to do to continue this. Um, I don't agree with it. I think it is ripping off the audience, but they've done it with belts higher than this. So, um like they did Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton at SummerSlam last year. Uh, they did AJ Styles and Samoa Joe the year before that at SummerSlam, uh, where they're doing double countouts and shit. And it's just like, like we wouldn't let anyone. But at least those were, but at least those were like the story told in the match, like led to that, and you can accept it. You can somewhat accept it, especially like the AJ one, right? This was just that was a TV match. It's a TV match and a TV story. Um, or just like, oh, you know. Like, why are we not beating Nia like Jax? This is, like, like, this is the first match on TV. Imagine imagine that wasn't a title match, right? First match on TV. Champion fights somebody. They end up having a, a, a tough contest where they get a, a double count out inside the ring, right? Um, or outside the ring. And then, like, that sets up the pay-per-view. Like, that's that's what this was, except it was a title match on a pay per view. Like they, it was a TV at lazy ass finish. So Boy, whatever. It shows me the confidence they got in Oscar. Like nah, we first first match of the champion. Nah, you can't even win. Yeah, she, yeah, she has never successfully defended a a, a, a title on the main roster. Unbelievable. She never got a chance. Or uh, her only uh, title defense at uh, <laughs> with the SmackDown title, she lost to Charlotte, and then this one eh, double count out. So yeah, yeah. And, and also Charlotte is still looming over the top because you know she she's she beat her on Monday. Um, so everyone this week that may have seen that Charlotte banter break out on Twitter uh, this week about people just want to play dumb and act like they don't understand why people are tired of Charlotte. Uh, refer to last week's One Nation Radio. Uh, I'm you know I, I've been getting roasted in the group chats um, all week. Uh, for uh, w- w- you know a, a two second portion of, of what I uh, stated, uh, but it was funny. Um, so we already covered all that last week, so we we're not gonna. We weren't roasting you inside the thing. It was just you said one little line that I thought was fucking hilarious. So I chopped it and I put it and I made it into a video and I reposted it um, at different times. Um, I'm wondering if I should link. If I should say we should, uh, I'll throw a link in the description, but probably not. Probably not. Probably not a good idea. Look, but, y'all know what it is. If if you listen to the show, you can go back and figure it out. Yeah, it was it was it was like clear. Yeah, it was definitely um, one of the one of the bigger uh, spots in during that 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 particular rant. Uh, but yeah, I just you know, she Shayna should have won a Royal Rumble. Charlotte won. Um, Rhea should have won at WrestleMania. Charlotte won. Uh, EO should have pinned Charlotte. EO pinned Rhea. 
Um, <laughs> Charlotte should have been the one that turned at SummerSlam 2018. They turned Becky. Uh, Sasha should have won. I'm sorry, Asuka. Given where they were going immediately after WrestleMania, Asuka should have uh, won the, t- the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania 34. Charlotte won. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell, uh, 2016 in Boston. Yep. Sasha the one, Charlotte won. Uh, let's see where else we got. Oh, uh, WrestleMania 32, triple threat match. Sasha or Becky should have won. Sa- uh, Charlotte won. There is a long list of all this stuff. There, there's all of, and how, like there's how many also, title and, matches, James. Oh, you, you, had, you had the graphic the other day. Yeah, somebody had put up a thing. I don't know what it was in what the context was. Somebody put up a thing that um that was pulled from Reddit on Twitter. Someone pulled posted something on Twitter that was from Reddit about like number of title matches uh from individual wrestlers since the 2016 brand split in August, right? In like Charlotte had like 42 she was number 3 and had like 42 of them, 42 title matches. Um, and the people above her were AJ Styles and Seth. Um, and then I was like, okay, so here's the thing about like those title matches and stuff. Like, if you look at, if you have it up, do you have it? Um, no, I don't. Right, actually, well, I'll, I'll try to find it real quick. But basically, I was thinking like, all right, well, you know, it, in the Miz division, like you got. Or for that whole duration, you had tag titles you can go after. You have secondary belts. So, but the thing with the women's divisions on the main roster is they never have room for a secondary feud. And that's one of the problems with, you know, when it was Lexa Bliss was running roughshod over the SmackDown division. Or, let's say, 2006, uh, 17 through 18. And, um, like, Charlotte's whole run is that, like, she's always in a title match in... Like that's no literally her gimmick. Yeah, at this point, yeah, it is. It literally is her gimmick. Is that she's like, she's always, she's always in the title picture. She is the title picture, and it's like that's that's cool if you're like John Cena or, or Hogan or, or somebody like, but you don't draw like that. So no, so what's the point? Like you have never been the most overacting in like on the main roster in the women's division. So what the fuck's going on to where you this is happening for you? Like it, it's not justifiable as opposed to just you know Vince's fetish for blonde big titty white woman. So, <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I'm cutting it off. <laughs> oh God, God damn it! But anyway, like, if you if you give me a second, I'll pull it up. I'm having a hard time like trying to talk and pull this up at the same time. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I found it. So. Basically, Seth Rollins has assisted Brands, but has had 59 title matches. AJ has had 51 title matches. Charlotte's had 42 matches. Blizz has had 40 matches. Miz has had uh, 39, right? Um, and then, like, also tied with Miz is Kofi at 39. So, <clears throat> I did a little... I, did, I just like, alright, well, what, were, what, was, what would happen if I were to subtract... NXT title shots that that make no sense that Charlotte has gotten. So I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna count that. I'm gonna be fair. I'm be quote unquote fair to Charlotte by getting rid of that, right? And I get rid of tag title matches, and I get rid that of Larson secondary stuff, and I get rid of secondary mid card titles. The Universal, I'm sorry, the U.S. title and the uh, Intercontinental title. I only focus on 
SmackDown Women's uh, Raw Women's Universal and WWE title matches since then, or since uh, the brand split down 16. And like, so that number, Charlotte was at 42, right? Once I get rid of all the secondary seven tag match stuff, it includes women tag belts, right? She only drops to 35. So AJ at 51, after you get rid of all the secondary bullshit, drops to 30. Uh, Alexa Bliss, once you get rid of the tag stuff, she drops to 29. Seth, who had n- number one on this thing at 59 for most title matches or whatever else, he drops all. The- once you go to top title matches, he drops all the way to 19 title matches. And Kofi, I'm sorry, and Miz, Miz is on this thing at 39, right? Miz is Miz's second. Miz would now be two after last night. This is second title match in the last four years since his brand split. Like, in the match, I remember the match he was in. You remember what match it was, Rich? He got a WWE title match against... It wasn't a singles match. It had to be, like, one of them five-way matches, huh? 2017 Elimination Chamber match. Okay. When Bray Wyatt won the title. That's the only title shot that Miz has gotten for the U.S. I'm sorry for the under the um, Universal or the WWE title um, match uh, since 2016 in August. Unbelievable! That man was like for two years between 2016 and 2018. Incredible! And one of the best upper mid carders. Yeah, so he's somebody that should have been should have you know at least challenged it. I'm not saying he should have won it, but. Obviously not, because I don't think he should have been WWE champion, but he's somebody that should have been at least like a scare you title contender for some baby face, right? Um, so, so Charlie at 35, so like that's almost an average of nine title matches per year. <laughs> Do these people not get this? Like, yeah, well, I think we. Need and this to is not the, the most. Again, this is not the most over. This is a person that's never been the most over woman in the division. Not even close. Like, there's always a Becky. There's always a Sasha. Right. There's like, there's always like someone else around that's just like the people want. But there's you know. no, no, no. Even this, there's always an Alexa. Alexa's more over. Than, is historically more over uh, act than Charlotte is. Do I want to see Alexa Bliss more than Charlotte? Fuck no. But that's my point. Is still the same. Like. We are we every time we are given some less than shit, the goofballs and the apologists will come out and say, Well, this is a business. A business. Alright. Put Alexa Bliss in all these fucking matches again then. Oh, you don't want to do that because you don't want to watch that shit either, right? you now that y'all are off that shit and def- done defending all of her all that shit because she's off off of that, y'all realize, oh my god, yeah, she wasn't that good. Now, y'all wouldn't want to see that shit again. And then when they talk about the business, right? Well, look, we're not talking about merch. We're not talking about ratings. Like, like, we're not talking about um, like selling tickets. We're not talking about none of that. Like when it comes to Charlotte, ever, no, n- never once. And I'm not. And that's not to say that like she is some uh, some anti Gerard It's just like she's just someone that's there. That's very. She's someone that's very overrated compared to the level of her push, right? Um, as far as uh. She's somebody that's overpushed. Like that's the best way to put it. Look, I, I don't and, mean- and, and you know, stealing a WrestleMania main event that will never endear endear you to people that actually think about this stuff analytically and you know, look at it to you. 
there, I, I talked about this with Chad, um, you know, before, like there are a couple things that you can measure or at least it felt like it, you know, uh, in, in this fake sport that, that were real, like, like you could, you used to be able to talk about someone winning the WWE title and how they could never take it away from them. And it's this huge achievement. You used to be able to talk about the WrestleMania main event until they just started cramming Roman Reigns and all of them, you know, without choice, you know, w- without anything. Because before that, it felt like this thing you had to kind of you had to get essentially. Um, but then, like when Charlotte snuck in there um, and the WrestleMania 35 thing is like, well, y'all really were sneaking Becky in there or whatever, because Charlotte was always in this fucking match. No matter what, regardless of of how much that she wasn't wanted or welcome there, and you know, quite frankly, the um, you know, we always talk about the night after the Royal Rumble in 2019. Uh, it was it was Ronda and it was Becky, and that was what people wanted. And they wanted Ronda to beat Becky and Charlotte to fuck off, and Vince McMahon walking out here like they literally built a storyline on him handing it to her, and that thing has that thing is um resonated just as much maybe more uh and worked people yeah because it's because as it, much as the lesnar you know doesn't you know shows up and has 30 second matches at the house show things yeah because like, like it was Brock one of those has never been the same yeah because it's one of those rare instances of art imitating or not sorry uh not rare but like this is art imitating life like that whole entire becky thing let everyone know it was like look man Charlotte is someone that they've pushed to a spot. People were respecting her at the time. And if you go back and listen to our, you know, when we were doing the LLP show and talking about, like, the week to week thing after SummerSlam, it was like, my biggest concern was, oh, my God, they're going to Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair. <laughs> and Charlotte was so damn good in 2018 in the ring that it's like, that's not going to happen because, and also it's like, she kept putting Becky over left and right, left and right after that SummerSlam. It was like, she's in the matches, but she keeps, she keeps losing. She's having great, these great performances. Like, this is like, almost like chill out on the, on the Charlotte stuff that y'all might be having about her. Like I get it, but it's like, she's losing these matches and Becky is now becoming the biggest star in the company. So I was, uh, but then once they went back to the shit, it was like, Y'all, y'all, y'all didn't learn this lesson. You put Charlotte in a WrestleMania main event, it didn't get her not one bit more over than she was after doing it. Becky was a person that should have just been in the match and not worried about and, and instead with the Charlotte stuff, it made everything so convoluted. It hurt Becky. It hurt it hurt Ronda putting over Becky. And we'll never we'll we'll probably never we'll, we don't know when we'll get another star like Becky ever again. And all this because y'all were so dead set on pushing this fucking woman because you've known her since she was like born. Unbelievable. And it's like I feel bad for Charlotte and I see Charlotte try to, uh, she'll go online and she'll defend herself and rightfully so because like I don't, even if I was in her position I, and I, know, I know how hard I work to be as good as she is and she's damn good but like I, and I understand to be that defensive, but at sometimes the same it ain't time, about that. 
and it's but it, but this ain't really about you, Charlotte. It's it's about and she but look, it's not about her. But she catches so many strays for it that she 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 has to defend herself. So it's, it just feel, I just feel really bad. Like I feel so conflicted about how she feels about it because like none of this is her fault. Is it's she feels this way from the fans because of how Vince has fucked this up for her and for everybody else. And this is another one of the examples of like you know the internet discourse around it. And you know, obviously people don't know how to behave themselves, but whatever. Let's just move on. We've derailed this whole thing talking about uh we went from See? all this stuff to um, I don't know how we even got to Seamus and Jeff Hardy, long, boring. Seamus feels like he's from another era, another time. And this is when he was wrestling in a match against Jeff Hardy, who has been wearing the same thing since like two thousand one. Um mind you, Seamus like I was watching one. Nah, bro. He was in them jink. He was in them jinkos way before then. Yeah. Um, and even he felt like kind of fresh or whatever. But Seamus, it literally was like he walked out of a time machine in 2011. The only thing that was missing was the music is a shameful thing. Lobster head like <laughs> it, 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 the pro, the voice. Like I was like, wow. Apparently, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is walking out in 1999. Apparently, like on Raw, like like get him the fuck out of here. Like I don't. <laughs> is, is Hacksaw Jim Duggan 1999? Is that like when he came back after beating cancer? Yeah, but that he was in WCW then. But okay. I mean, like Raw, like the same company, like okay, like gotcha. like like you clearly like you from another time, bro. Like I get you. I, like nah, like. Yeah, and this was just long and boring, and uh, you know the bad guy won. Uh, the the drunken hero Jeff Hardy was beaten up, framed, and promptly destroyed in the match by the bad guy. You know what's funny about that is this isn't the first time they've done the done a redemption slash you know demons thing with with Jeff. Well, all Jeff Hardy angles are redemption angles at this point, <laughs> right? Like even even dating back to the uh, uh, the Samoa Joe one from the end of two thousand uh, or from two thousand nineteen when he was out here smoking the shit out of that man on the mic, but yeah he uh, it's just they have they only know one story from him It's like it's supposed to like finding something new or whatever else it's just that he just stuck that's that's just what it is bro um, like. It's funny because I kind of see Jeff how I see like Ray Mysterio. Like Ray's only story now is like, oh, he's old. Like that's it. They don't know. Like they got both of these guys there. Well, there's he's also the other story with Ray. Them. There's also the other story of Ray, which is like, oh yeah, like he he he's the leader of the Mexicans. <laughs> he's gonna wrestle off the Mexicans. That's the only two stories they have. Like he like he is the great. He you know that's like he is. Uh, the second or he's the one of two great like Mexican stars of the last uh, 20 years of professional wrestling. And like, you know, one of them's dead and the other one was like, you know, best friends with him. So like, we keep pointing that out and doing stuff to like, to, you know, to, 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 to point out Eddie to like, have, give you pathos for Ray to Ray to, you know, you know, do his one move, a uh, head scissors uh, on, uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> on a oh bunch of people. His one move. Ray still knows one move. Dude. Okay. So, <laughs> They did a rematch between Oscar and, and Nia, Nia, Nia Jax. Oscar won by rolling her up with a schoolboy. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, like with 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 uh, yeah, like 
you're right. Like they had these two stars from a different era. They're stars because they were they were made back in the time. There was a bunch of people watching wrestling. They bring them out, and also to be fair, like Jeff and Ray both are good promos, and are and they are a lot more trusted than than Vince trusts the young guys. Which I'm not saying that's that's fair. That's bullshit. Look, but they're, that's they're good promos we're now. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, now. right now, which is like hilarious because like back then they were considered like these guys aren't good promos. Now they're like the best promos, the best promos in the game now. Just like <laughs> I thought they said, old dogs didn't learn new tricks, but uh, but yeah, like that's kind of where they are now. And it's like okay, so we're, we're beating Jeff to put over Sheamus for what? Where does Sheamus go now that after he beats Jeff Hardy? Like I would have he like have him fight Strowman. Seamus versus Strowman? Yeah. And tell them to go hit each other hard for 10 minutes. There are worse ideas. I'd rather watch Seamus versus Strowman than Seamus versus Corbin. So, yeah. Um, See? Yeah. But now but now the, uh, the thing is, like, I'm trying to book on how can I book this thing to where, or in my mind, I'm thinking, like, where do destinations replace for people to leave off now where, like, you know, it's, it's musical chairs and like the person that's odd man out is Corbin and now I'm like you know what's about to happen they're about to do Jeff versus Corbin oh god right right oh, and you know Corbin gonna win <laughs> can, can we just give Cesaro a bum of the month challenge against Strowman and make it the whole thing about how he wants to slam Strowman oh my god that'd be so good but you know Probably not. We're probably not gonna like, get that. Like, and he ends up slamming him, but ultimately doesn't matter. Like Strowman, like just jumps to his feet and destroys him. Right, right. That would be funny. Like he did it. He did it. It's, it's, it you know, it, it, he it's celebrates. A, a flashback to WrestleMania 30. He did it. Picks up power slams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What's the next match? Like I will say this about this match. Like the times when I was when I was uh, convinced to look up from my phone for like 10 seconds at a time it looked like they were trying hard I just couldn't care and like I can't give it a fair judgment on the match but I just I just I just wasn't interested in the match obviously because I'm not tied to the character and like this is my first match actually like actually seeing firsthand account footage of Sheamus being back in WWE and I heard right. him back since like WrestleMania since WrestleMania after WrestleMania so it's like they say he's been around for months I haven't seen it but uh, apparently he is so good for him on his, on his world back I'm telling you 2011 it's a shameful thing um, then we had the you know the opener with with the women's three way. I thought they wrestled really fast. Some of it was sloppy. I thought Sasha almost broke her leg once, but um, like luckily she was okay, and she ended up getting the pin on Alexa Bliss, which was like she hilarious. Stole the pin from Alexa Bliss, which is like wow, <laughs> to finally defend a belt, amazing. Oh wow, I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, that's, that's the point. first time she's ever defended a belt. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't think about that part. I was thinking of the part where like somebody does, somebody gets the pin, and then like Alexa would just steal it at the end in all these multiple person matches. And like now, oh, yeah. it, it ain't it ain't no fun when Rabbit's got the gun. Now is it Alexa, but uh, right. yeah, yeah, um, that did happen. Um, I thought I thought it was a I thought it was a fun little match. Yeah, um, like, it's probably one. Of the, it's probably one of the best like iconic matches you'll ever find. <laughs> Am I lying? Overall. Overall, this show is like 
check out Orton and Edge just just to see what you thought of it. It's funny because this match was 44 minutes, which is eight minutes longer than the WrestleMania match. So and if better. you told me that, so I would never believe you because the WrestleMania match felt like it was 75 minutes. <laughs> it's like it was horrible. Like it was just like never ending. And this one, like it didn't feel like that at all. It was like mm-hmm. they just were working, you know, and you were watching. Right. Uh yeah, so that match the the raw the raw I'm sorry the uh, WWE title match between um, McIntyre and Lashley before the finish. I would also say check out Oscar and um, Naya just to watch Naya, or just to watch Oscar. Like I feel like it's a match that would have worked a lot better in front of a crowd, a real crowd, because like it, it, a lot of this stuff was like very similar to like their takeover match. You know, right. like Nia only works, only like has like f- her matches with Ronda, her matches with uh, Bailey, and her matches with Oscar are like her only good matches. Like legitimately yeah. good, not like oh it was two, oh it was two and a half. No, like legitimately <laughs> good matches are only with three people. So like in a lot of that, if you ever seen the Takeover match, like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of. Nia versus Asuka, Nia versus Bailey in that match. It just went really short. It was a TV match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so okay. we got. Okay. Nope, 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 nope. They're about to go to the main event segment for Raw. Um, while we were doing this podcast, they brought out Sasha and Bailey, you know, tag champs, and they got in a fight with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, and one of them slapped Sasha. <laughs> And so, on pay-per-view, they advertised that the winner of the match was going to be on NXT and they were going to fight uh, in a women's title match, women tag title match against Tegan and, and Shotzi, right? Yeah, so let me guess. They um they, they announced something for next week. They just like, advertised Sasha and Bailey versus the Iconics on Raw next week. For the belts. Right, so like they just told you don't foregone conclusion. We already knew it was a foregone conclusion, but at least fucking pretend. At least say just yeah, like it's amazing how NXT for the NXT graphic they said the uh, the champions leaving out of this match will face these two on NXT, but the NXT graphic it says nothing of the sort of the event. Whoever wins this match between or happens on NXT will be on that. It's foregone fucking conclusion. Look, they're telling you this is a this is the third this is a wrestling school. We already knew <laughs> that, but at least pretend. This if the wrestling school look, they're all working at the same LA fitness right now, aren't they? Yes. If they're all together, why can't you be able to synergize this shit to where like if one person has wherewithal to figure this out, y'all can too. Y'all right next to each other. Y'all related to each other. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, we, we went show. pretty long on that. I, I, yeah, I, I thought this was. I yeah. thought this show. I thought this was going to be one of the very worst uh, pay per views of the last five years until the main event turned it around. The, yeah. the, the main event turned it from being one of the very worst pay per views of the last five years to just a bad standard pay per view. In my opinion, yeah. Um, so like Wednesday stuff. So I'm gonna just fly through this here, but um, uh, AW Dynamite loved this show. Uh, I don't know what it was, but everyone was like 
seemed like they were wrestling like really hard and it was like straight off the rip like it was like ftr and butcher and the blade hitting each other like hard and and just working and having a tough fight and it was just like oh this is great like uh ftr was working at a very high level butcher and the blade just like i i love those guys i don't know why um you got you know aren't or you got aren't totally watching the match so you get that visual of them and the revival or ftr um you know out there um really enjoy that Jericho was on commentary he was fucking excellent um for the whole hour after you know the the match butcher and blade uh lost uh to the now known as the goodnight express and then the mind breaker um kind of like you know with the spike pile driver deal bucks came out and basically said we don't want to be rude um but you know we've been carrying you know tag team wrestling for like the past decade it is finally nice to meet you and before they can you know actually shake hands with them Again, they were interrupted by the Butcher and the Blade. A uh, bunch of tag teams ran out. Uh, Sabian and Havoc and Hangman and Kenny ran out, and everybody was just staring at each other. So um, kind of letting you know the lay of the land. And if those, and those look like those are the three teams to kind of figure it out. So uh, regardless of which one happens, I'll be ready for it. Yeah, um, I was betting – something different from the young bucks uh first time to talk to the revival uh i didn't think or it i don't know maybe it was after the keith lee thing uh, i'm talking about johnny gargano about like you know you have took the oh my fucking god rich (laughs) okay so remember how they set up a unsanctioned match between christian and randy orton yeah you know rick flair was on tv uh this week right for what I forgot, but he's there, right? So, they <laughs> so bell rings, and bef- before the match, I guess Rick. I didn't hear the conversation, but like Rick. Was- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I was talking to Christian and it seemed like some, you know, you know, as you think about whether or not you want to do this kid or something like that, either, either it was like, think about whether or not you want to do this or motivating. And one of the two, I can't, I, I don't know. I was listening. I was doing a podcast. So the bell rings, rich music hits, comes to the ring. He talks to Christian. And what do you think happened after that? The RKO or a uh, low blow. Ric Flair low blow. Uh, Christian, and then Orton punted him. The bell just rang now, and uh, Orton's taking his pin. That's amazing. I don't care about Christian coming back out of retirement. <laughs> I've never liked him. I always thought Edge is better. Y'all killing me with this Christian Hall of Famer, all-time great shit. He was a nice who, little wrestler. Who, that's, who, 
besides Caleb, who actually believes that? People on Twitter. Go on Twitter right oh. now. Well, people on Twitter. Fools. People on Twitter. Look, a I nice like little wrestler. I like Christian a lot because, you know, like those, because of those 2011 Orton matches, right? Um, and also like the Del Rio matches he was having at SummerSlam. I think it was the year after, two years after. Um, but like, I never thought of him as like some super duper Hall of Fame person. Also, like you know, his era is a part that I missed, so that's also has something to do with it. But like, when I came back to Washington, like I saw a lot of the Edge stuff, and I was like, okay, I get it now because I saw some of it. I never saw any of the Chris stuff. Made me think I get it. Like I was seeing him doing you know ridiculous WrestleMania feuds with with Trish Stratus and Lita and and Jericho over like whether or not they could fuck uh, the women. Like I. I I, I, I don't care. Like, he's a good wrestler. He's somebody I believe should absolutely have a job now that he can't be wrestling anymore. Um, as a as you know, as a person that you know layout matches, producer, and that sort of thing. Like, I think he's that kind of mind of layouts for matches or whatever else. But that's about it, right? Like, I don't have any. I'm not. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I just don't. <laughs> I think he's really good, but that's the end of it. And he, I'm somebody that like has a fondness for Christian. Look, that's man, that, no, that's where it stops because like there have to be limits to the cap has to be limits to it. I mean he's no QT so no, um, you know the speed, and the natural nightmares uh, next week will be getting the title match against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page so I don't know if I'm more excited to see Kenny and Dustin in the same match or Kenny and QT I I don't I don't know you know I, I'm gonna love it you know. Some of the best you in the game. Know what to enjoy more between Kenny Omega and Dustin Rhodes or Kenny Omega and QT Marshall? Yeah. I may hang you know, up on you. Get <laughs> 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 you out of your fucking mind. <laughs> we were so, just talking about people with there has to be a limit on the cap. And here you go. So, talking about comparing uh, QT Marshall to Dustin fucking Rhodes. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Immediate violation, but but you've been watching the the, the progression of QT uh, and Alley the last couple of weeks. Uh, what, what do you think about about this? Uh, you know this romance. I've enjoyed it. It's the it's the rare time where like I don't want, where like I don't want to immediately off my fucking TV screen. So good job. Amazing. AEW will find a way to make people make people not uh, you know just the worst. So good for them. So we like, got a tag. Can you imagine what they could do for Yano? Man, I, I, like, I, I want y'all to come on BTE. That's all you got to do oh and, and be around Frank Gazarian because, like, Gazarian is, like, fucking hilarious, like, every week. Like, oh, yeah. Just just the funniest guy, like, <laughs> and he's usually, like, dead serious, like, about the shit. So he's, like, basically, like, man, cut the bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this week, like, because um, what's his name? Uh, Daniels last week he had a colonoscopy like in real life so he like basically told Excuse everybody me. about it yes yes he was telling like he didn't go into super graphic detail about it but he was telling all the stuff he had to do that day um, for it <clears throat> but then they made a gag that he's been talking about it ever since to everybody and SE was tired of hearing about this shit and he ended up telling I forgot who it was about it he was talking to but um, basically because uh, Aaron was like, man, I'm tired of hearing about this shit. You, you're doing this shit again. Wrap this shit up. Like, essentially, go home, take it home. And then Matt Hardy would ha- explain what taking home meant, you know, because, you know, the the kayfabe explaining shit. 
Wait, um, what? They're explaining kayfabe, even though everyone knows what kayfabe is that watches that thing. Like so, like there, there are all the insider terms. Matt Matt Hardy basically pauses like the time or whatever, and then explains it to, to the viewer Does or whatever. This as uh, as Amadeus or what? Yes. What, yes. Was it Amadeus? He, what was the name? What was his name? Damascus. Damascus. That's right. Amadeus is totally different. Yeah. yeah Amadeus he, is fucking a movie about uh, Mozart. Sorry. Uh, all right. And then, like the uh, another part where he was funny was uh, at the funeral for Vanguard One. He's like, it's a fucking drone. What are we fucking doing here? Like, <laughs> you, you just have to see it. But uh, we had a uh, tag match with Hikaru Shida and the Galaxy's Greatest Alien, Chris Statlander, against Nala Rose and Penelope Ford. Penelope ended up getting a dirty win on Shida, and Statlander ended up tearing her ACL. Literally the same injury as Tegan Knox. Same dive, everything. Just land on the knee, crumble. Yeah, it sucks. Um, she's one of the biggest stars in the division in a in a division that had, quite frankly, next to no depth. So that fucking sucks. Um, I know. I guess you know they're gonna have to really rally around Swole now. Yeah, like Swole was like the number four or number three babyface in that division. Now she's number two. Um, they have to do a lot of work with her because you know, like one, she's not in front of a crowd, and you know she's naturally charismatic, and you know. I think when she was doing the James Brown stuff, like the time she was doing on TV, like it got over. But that was so long ago, and long she was away. From, and yeah, and she was, you know, she was away from a lot of those tapings um, when they first went to Crowdless. So um, they got the they got her up and running, like right now. Yeah, <laughs> like they need to be, they need to be on the phone right now, like you know, trying to figure out whatever what we gonna do to get her over because we need we, we need baby faces. So. um she looks like she's going to be probably defend the belt against Penelope Ford. Um, one weird thing, you know, like that with that dirty pin, it, I don't know. It's like it, some of the, the ways that they're determining these title shots are just fucking weird. And a dirty pin is like one of them. <laughs> so it's like, well, don't like, can't we like review the tape? Like and see some bullshit happen? No. Okay. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> But they had Darby Allen out there with Tony Hawk. So I made a joke that Darby Allen eventually was going to get the, the skateboard and franchise video game. And then Tony Hawk shows up uh, on Dynamite. I was like, what the fuck is going on out here? So he's coming down off a ladder doing dumb shit. Um, but I think people are hoping that Darby Allen's in the video game. It'd be a cool, um, you know, uh, secret character because, you know, they're coming out with a, a remake of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 as one game. Basically, <clears throat> like, you know, the, the game with the same gameplay, same parks, except updated graphics. Um, and um, they're also trying to get, like, as close to the first two soundtracks as possible. So, hmm. like, as far as, like, bringing back track for track or everything. So, you know, for me, one of the cool things about... Uh, sp- about Tony Hawk Pro Skaters, they had, you know, um, unlockable characters. Like, for, for, Tony, for uh, number two, they had Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a whole other type of franchise now. It has too many, like, too many... It, 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 the price is too, the price for the brick is too high for Spider-Man, probably, in this stage of the game. So, like, if you're gonna go and get, like, Darby, that'd be cool. Like, if he was in WWE, like, well... 
How do I say this? If AEW is as big as WWE, I can imagine it happening like really easily. But I'm about to say, AEW, if he was in WWE, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't let him be in it. Right, 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 right. So that's why I, that's why I said if AEW were as big as WWE, yeah, like that would be something they they would do. But we'll see. Like you know, I don't think it will happen. But like if he were on, you know, if he were in a more open, if he were in a company that existed that were like AEW but with like WWE, you know, prestige or whatever you want to call it. Then I could see that happening, but you know, never say never. I guess. Yeah. Maybe if we, maybe if we, you know, put up enough, <coughs> enough uh, you know, twittering and social media blasts or whatever else we can try and get this hat <laughs> cracked off, but uh, popping. But you know, probably not. Well, it ain't nothing but a scan. You know, you, you yeah. get your ass in there. So uh, we had a six-man match: uh, Orange Cassidy, best friends against uh, Inner Circles, Hager and Santana and Ortiz. Um, all right, six man here. Um, Orange Cassidy is awesome, awesome, and I've I've recently like have come around to like thinking that he's like great. Like it, for me, before it was just kind of like a gimmick or whatever. But like, dude's like a super wrestler that um, whenever he quote unquote decides to turn it on, right. Mm-hmm. And he's just over, and that's you know, like I like they're like I remember like when AEW first started, it was like people were like, well, what the fuck do you do with him? Should they even sign him? And now it's like that's a fucking no brainer. You sign this fucking dude. Yeah, now, yeah, now like we find out like, oh yeah, he's one of like the six or so like most over people in the company, <laughs> um, our biggest acts in the company. Yeah, I, I. I don't know if I go as far as great. He's very good, but I think that his level of overness, like, uh, he's so over with his act that, like, it allows him to do things, to do what he does, and it's not necessarily, like, it, it's it's so easy for him that it's hard to, like... You do what you want when you pop it. Yeah, I think he's more over than he is a great wrestler, but he's still a very good wrestler at at least. So, like, I'll leave it at that. But, like, do I think, like, he, you know, he's good enough to be in the G1 and, like, you know, match to match, put up, like, star quality matches with, like, the top half of the G1? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go that far at all. But, um, but that doesn't matter. Like, (laughs) he's super fucking over and he's good enough to do what he does and and it's going to stay over for a long time, it seems. They don't fuck it up. So, so yeah. Uh, he ended up getting the pin on Ortiz and then, um, Jericho basically came out there and he hit, uh, him in the head with a wooden bat, busting him open, uh, you know, more blood. So, you know, and this one would have worked great, I think. In front of a crowd, yeah. This one would have been like a well, big heat angle. Well, it would, maybe, it, it, well look, it would have worked greater if there hadn't been someone getting their head fucking bust the week before. Right. You know, right. Um, you know, it's just out of nowhere. Um, I am tired. Like, is you're not supposed to use blood as we much. Said, as- we said it would come back on the Lance Archer Dustin Rose match. We said the, the the point will come, and yep. I don't know if we've reached that point or if we're just you know confirming this for ourselves. It's I don't know. If point I, for me, I'm done. I'm tired of the blood every single fucking. I don't know if everyone else is, is feeling right, like that. Right, yet. I get you. But I feel like we are confirming it. Like now, we're counting. This is number three, right? <laughs> since since, and, and, and it's like, what, what's going to happen when we get to number ten? What, yeah. what are we going to feel like then? Right. And it's also like. 
the frequency of it. Like, 10 is cool if, like, number 10 from now is, like, a year from now. But, like, at this rate you're going, like, 10's going to be before the fucking, before we even get to August. Relax. Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I like the angle. I think that doing Jericho versus um, Orange Cassidy is smart. Like, you can beat... I mean, Orange Cassidy is just one of those no-lose situations. Like, you could put either one of them over to work. Like, you could beat Orange Cassidy. You could beat Jericho. It'll work either way. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I same thing with you. Like, they're... they're doing blood too often and blood should be something like like if, if this were if we were cooking right blood shouldn't be black pepper where you use it on every in, on every fucking meal it should be <laughs> like uh let's see uh, it should be like powder. K, huh garlic powder or something. it should be like cumin or some shit like some or like uh or like um chili flakes like something that you use you use it, it's common, it's not out the blue, but it's not regular to where you get, where, like, people just, ex, you know, they get nothing from it. Like, it should be on every fucking dish, or every other dish. It should be something that you break out, like, you know, maybe once a month. Maybe once a month. Um, MJF cut an awesome promo, just, and, like, they were like, yeah, you got 20 seconds, you do your thing, and he fucking, you know, did his MJF thing, and he's got a match set up with Billy um, next week. Great. So, I'd rather yeah. see Billy versus Wardlow, but okay. Yeah. Um, is he Billy Gunn, or can you not say, or is it like Cody, Billy. we can't put him together? He's Billy. So it's like Cody. Okay, all right, you can't put them together. All right, gotcha. um, We got a nice TV match with Sammy Guevara and Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana just pumping these out, uh, it seems like, on a semi-regular basis. Sammy actually gets a fucking win. Thank you, uh, you know, for giving the Spanish gods some legitimacy. Uh, basically, Sammy ended up getting the win after that, um, you know, GCS-type kick movie does. Um then you know, uh, Dark Order tried to try to recruit on um, Colt, but the interesting part of this was Sammy, you know, grabbing the uh, mic and basically saying he's the best. And Matt Hardy came out and uh, he said he was a future AEW, but I might offer you some advice to maximize your full potential. You need to get away from Chris Jericho and the inner circle. Trust me. Um, and that was like, you know, wow, are we gonna start getting? like Sammy realizing that he's all alone because like nobody was out there with him. Um, and he's like, is he going to start reaching like this level of success? Like where he feels like the rest of the group's not standing close to him. Is he eventually going to turn on Jericho? Cause eventually they're going to do Jericho and Sammy one day, but right. um, I'm really interested in this. Okay. So was it Moxley or was it Cody that first brought that up about like Jericho don't really care about you, uh, Sammy? Was it Cody? I think it was Cody. I feel like it was, I Cody. It was Cody. I feel like it was Cody. Yeah, so like I'm glad that I wish, keep... he, I wish he wouldn't have gone with Jericho. Like he said something like that. Yeah, yeah. He pointed. I think it was, I think it was during the Ellis Island's speech. He pointed like you're hiding behind people. I think he also threw out like you know you're hiding behind Sammy and using them or whatever. Like I think that. Um, 
I'm glad they're keeping up with that beat because eventually, like once once it happens, it's gonna be like oh, and like they've been dropping dropping hints at that for a long time, and ultimately, like that's what it's going that's what it's gonna be. It's like eventually one of them gonna turn each other, and it's gonna be you know either a I used you, I have lost my use for you, you're dead to me. Hold hold this back elbow, <laughs> or it's gonna be like he's gonna oust. Jericho, or he's gonna oust Jericho out in a circle. It's gonna be like, like Oscar knocking out um Arisa Nakajima out of um their group in Sealy uh, uh, at uh back in a few months back. So or it's gonna be like Sammy, like I don't need you. Like you, you stifled me, you know, and and just he leaves on his own volition. And like ain't, yeah. and there ain't no leaving. There could, right, there could be right. something that like yeah, ain't no leaving out this gang. Um, right. you know, <laughs> so, so there, there's a bunch of stuff they could play with that eventually down the line. But like, I do like the fact that they're keeping this up with him as his, you know, long form. Um, now as far as, you know, them eventually having a match, like, you know, they had teased that match for the, um, the Hardy compound for a while. Um, I don't know if they're going to go and actually do it, but you know, they were talking about that months ago. They could always bring it back. Yeah, I think if I, if it's me, right, mm-hmm. maybe eventually the day Jericho's done or whatever, right, like you have Sammy beat him on the way out. Like, I think that would be a nice, like, little, like, you know, however you're going to do it, you have Sammy beat him on the way out. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, up next, we got something I, I fucking loved uh, was the Joey Janela video package because this felt like the Joey Janela that became one of the biggest stars like on the independent scene that was like shooting his own vignettes and um, everything. He was like somewhere in the last six months, he lost the direction and he was drinking and then he stumbled out to the street because why would it be Joey Janela without drinking? Um, and then Sonny rolled up in something, something foreign, I, I imagine. <laughs> God damn it. He's like, what you doing here? You know, and then, you know, New Jersey connection and uh, they've been teaming up on Dark the last couple of weeks. Uh, I believe they have a match tomorrow night on Dark, too. So they've already started giving them wins as the vignette plays. Uh, and then uh, he got in the car and then they rode off and said to be continued. Sonny Kiss and Joe Janela. How about it? Yeah. Start to push fucking now. Do it now. <laughs> Look, um, like, seriously, like, there's no reason why, like, you know. SEU, they let their phase and them down after after this, and they're you know they're going to go with you know Kanzarian and um, Scorpio as you know as uh, singles or whatever else slash or whatever else or maybe they put them in trios. I don't know, but like after you get past the elite and you look at the tag division, it's kind of you know it it has quality depth, but like without the Lucha Bros right now. It feels like it needs some umph, and like with Janela and and Young Sunny, like you could always have a quote unquote young slash fresh tag team of that's a babyface tag team that you can put in matches and beat, like, um, because they don't really use a private party that much on TV. Um, they're mostly a dark act, and like if this is We'll see. Like they're going to private party is going to need quote unquote modern contemporary like you know homegrown contemporaries. Like we were just talking about a few weeks ago with MJF and Jungle Boy and Darby and and Sammy. Like if you're going to have a young tag team like uh, Private Party, 
they're going to need a quote unquote career rival, and you know, like just because well, all those other teams are older, older than them, right? Evan, yes, and like even though like we thought it was going to be like Angelico and Evans, like Jack Evans old as shit. He just looks young. Yeah. Um. So like, do you know like it didn't really work right now? You can always go back to it with Janela because you know. But in the meantime, like he's super overqualified to be in a tag team. So go with it right now. Like you decided to not go with the um, Dustin and Sunny thing, or, or not go with it, but like you decided to go somewhere else with Dustin with a tag team partner. So now you got Janela. Great. Put them on dark. Let them have matches and let them in in private party fill out like the young the, the young gunners of this tag division in the future. Yeah. I'm 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 in on it. I like the the aesthetic. I like the act. Like I don't know why I like it, but I do like it though. It like, makes no it, like, sense, like, but it's, it, but it's, it's, it's like fresh. It's fly. To, I think that's I, what it uh, is. First time I, like uh, first time I saw it, it was like I saw a picture and it was like Joey Janela, um, and it looked like they were like smoking. It, it felt like smoke was everywhere, and he had like his hat pulled low, and he he kind of had his arm wrapped around Sunny Kids, and Sunny mm-hmm. Kids was kind of like posing or whatever. I was like, wow. I was like, man, looks he's so secure. He's so like, like he's fucking Joey Janela. It's like, yeah, I have this this gay guy here with me, whatever. But that's just like the, it, it's just like the you know. And then Sonny kiss me. You look at Janela online, and Janela is a very like Janela is for for the people for and the people is everybody. Like, yeah. He has a weird aesthetic thing going on that I can't quite put my finger on. I don't know if it's actually uh, me projecting or if it's actually there, but like, it's just like, yeah, man, I'm here, I'm just here to have a good time with everyone. I don't give a shit. That's what it seems like. Yeah, I'm here to kick back and drink. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, unless he wants to fucking randomly fight. Uh, no, <laughs> Janela zone. But Janela, enter the Janela zone. You know, yeah. but uh. But yeah, like I, I didn't know about all about that picture you pictures you saw or anything. I just saw the vin, the the, the um, video package thing or whatever else. Very similar feel. Okay, and then all of a sudden, Sunny Kiss pulls up and he's like, "Get in!" I was like, "Yes, make them a tag team now. Do it now." <laughs> this like it was like the light bulb in my head. Like this is ingenious. I never would have even thought of something like this. But like this seems like this is going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. Um, yeah. Then uh, Moxley came out uh, outside the arena. This was awesome too. Yes. I ended up, you know, cutting a promo, uh, basically saying, "You know, I got no time for people that run their mouth all week." Taz been telling people that Brian Cage is going to beat me at Fighter Fest, and I can't wait till I can beat Brian Cage and pop Taz's head like a pimple. Then Taz just fucking shows up like full of that New York, you know, <laughs> tall man energy that he doesn't have because he's not actually tall. All but- the Joe Pesci. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's all the Joe Pesci, the fucking, um, like, uh, just, like, way outsized personality. Like, uh, and he's, like, a a guy that is, um, you just believe him when he talks. Yeah. And and him and Mox, like, just have this dynamic where it's, like, he's, like, man, I feel like Taz looks at him, like, if I was 20 years younger, I would fuck you up. Like, I'd beat your ass. It's, It's, you know what it is? Him, Taz, and MVP are playing very similar roles. And I just popped yep. my head just now. You mentioned it's like ex-wrestlers, ex-guys that were, you know, either legitimately or because of Heyman's genius were considered to be tough guys. 
and they come off as t- believable tough people the way they talk and present themselves and they're all heads and they're past their day but you just know it was like I wish I was just a decade younger so I could whoop your ass <laughs> I hate this baby face in front of me I want to fuck them up but I can't but I have but you know what I'm going to do something else I am going to I am going to endorse the person that will whoop their ass and it's going I'm going to catch so much like derive so much pleasure from being next to, to, yes. to you know engineering architect and the person that's going to take everything from you like yes they're, they're it's very similar I just played my mind but like yes and they're both doing great jobs with it both of them like I really, really enjoy Edge's Edge and um Ambrose Ambrose uh, Moxley's chemistry. Like Moxley, I don't think Moxley has had a "quote unquote" home run promo yet, but he keeps hitting these he keeps hitting these doubles into these stand up doubles into the gap, and they're just so fun. They're just so fun. Like, I see Brian Cage came out there yoked out of his mind, wearing no like looking directly like out of the nineteen nineties, like no belt 19- on his jeans. Yes, like, no belt, tight jeans, uh, tan boots, straight WCW shit. Bro, this was fucking awesome. Like, I can't wait for this match. He came out uh, there and he beat his ass, and then Taz said, that's enough. You, you, you prove your point, save some for Fighter Fest. Then the monster got out of the cage, and Ham- it was very Brock Lesnar Hamanish, where Taz couldn't control Cage. So Cage uh, ends up power. Was it Powerbomb? Uh, I think he spine bustered him on okay. the car. Yeah. yeah, he gave him a spine buster on on top of the car. I, I can't wait. I love this piece so much. <laughs> Already, it's only been like three yeah. weeks of it. It's so yeah. good. Yep. And then we got the main event. So last week I came on here and buried Cody a million feet deep. I'm not going to do that this week because this match was way better, even though they did a lot of goofy shit in it. Oh, the Seth Rollins? They did a lot of goofy shit on it. Yeah, because, like, you know, but that's, like, a thing you can pick on with whoever, like, with leg selling. But, you know, as the veteran of the match, I would look at Cody and be like, all right, you know what this guy wants to do, right? So... Quinn did sell really well. It's just like you still made him do all his high flying. It's a it's, whatever. I mean, it's a type but of I f- selling. It's a type of selling, right? Like it is. It's a type of selling that I hate personally, but it's a type of selling that exists. I just hate it. So it's a matter of taste. But like, I hate the part where like I hate the you are selling a a leg injury. Um, so you were going to thereby then do like spot, do a spot that injure your leg, even though you are a, a person with a brain and continue to do it as opposed to then just change your game to show your resourcefulness and your resiliency to overcome said injury, which is the point of the injury to begin with in the storytelling His, for most wrestling matches. Like, so for me, it's kind of like, I get you're showing the heart, but like, the heart stuff don't really move me personally. Like I feel like you're just a dumbass, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so that's the reason why I hate it personally. And like when Seth yeah. started doing it in 2017, it was because like you're the architect. They're saying you're a goddamn genius and a mastermind. What is masterful brain wise about this? Jump! Yeah. Ah, my knee. Jump again! Ah, my knee. But you know, Quinn's a young dude or whatever else, and you know I. I and like he hadn't had a, he hadn't like had a single match for heart. three years. I thought this was awesome. Um, th- yeah, yeah. I thought I, it was way. I thought Cody looked like a like a. He was a guy that was getting a lot of moves done to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. kind of Adam Cole ish uh, in this match. <laughs> um, but 
Quinn was like, I'm not about to let the jungle boy leave me in the dust. Like, you know, for someone that, you know, you look at Mark Quinn, you look at the jungle boy, they're the same age. He's like, why that can't be me? Like, why can't I be, you know, out here, you know, getting my rocks off essentially like that, like how many single matches I'm going to get. So are you, so are you now convinced that Mark Quinn is, is, is the Sean in, in Isaiah is the Jeanette yet? Are you still on the team Isaiah? I'm not on Team Isaiah. I, I'm like Team Private Party. Okay. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't mean like one of the Jabron. It's like I just think I've always thought Quinn had a bit more star quality and seemed to be like the better wrestler. I think um, <clears throat> Isaiah's the talker. I think. That, yep. That. Yep. That's true. That's true. Um, that's true. So. But yeah, this was uh, it, it was nice. They did end it with the We Are the World stuff, with the celebrating, with you know the babyface and Cody going over another babyface here. Um, next week, uh, there he's the bigger star. He's beating on the young dude. Like if this is in Japan, you have no problem with his <laughs> tops with a with a main event star beating up a young a young girl or a young boy. You wouldn't. It's Cody though, so rules are different. Oh my god! So, see, uh, see, see. You know, <laughs> I just see him as a heel, you know, oh my um, gosh. you know, he, he, he went out here and clearly he took a match against a man. He knew had a leg injury. Like, like you asshole, like, and beat on the leg the entire time. Like you out here trying to fight below your weight class right now, Cody. Um, but um, you know, Ross ended up praising uh, Mark Quinn and Shivani said he gave Cody a hell of a, Fight unlimited potential. While uh, Ross said, then Did he say you have all the right tools or all the tools. I don't. I, I don't have all the I don't tools think he on said there. That's being but funny. Yeah, uh, they save that for Scorpio Sky. Um, <laughs> yeah. So good point. Very good points. So uh, speak so then. He's <laughs> <laughs> so Oh my god. <laughs> Then, oh, oh my god, Jake Hager walks out for no yeah, fucking reason. I forgot about this. Oh my god. So I, I had a bunch of Cody memes ready to go. Before we get to that, before because we leave off, they have new, Private Party has new music. It's so much better than uh, it's hard. Music. It's yeah. hard. Um, uh, I like the, the drop for it, everything. Like it just makes it feels a lot more them. Um, <clears throat> so Hager walks out there. And then Cody all of a sudden just just offers him a fucking title shot. Like, yeah, I know why you what you want. Like, damn, he ain't even ask. Like, I, I like like what the fuck? Like, how we know Hager? What, what was he out there for? Like, you want to do a title match at Fighter Fest? And you know there was like a pull apart brawl and all this other shit. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Jake Hager versus Cody. Like, I was like, all the memes I didn't send out. I will save them for Fighter Fest because I know that match isn't going to be good. I'm sorry, man. Like <clears throat> Hager, we saw, we, we already saw, bro. Jake Hager, I think we came on this show and we were like, well, how about we get him to wrestle some people that weren't in WWE just to, you know, get him, you know, some new, like, you know, get him a new look. What do they do? They go to the most WWE and this guy they have in Cody now uh, with Hager and not really excited for it. And I'm like, 
they got like how many more open challenges does Cody have until then? So it's like all those opponents are kind of on ice now. Um, there is a mystery opponent, which I won't reveal. Uh, I'll probably tell James off air if he wants to know, but um, like they, they're bringing in an import this week uh, to face Cody. So who are they going to bring the week after? I'm not sure, but Cody versus Hager. How about it? Yeah, man. Um, not looking forward to the match. Um, I can already. I'm already trying to figure out who's going to play it and in what way. And uh, yeah. Um, so now Cody will morph into an amateur wrestler for this one. Now. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, they did put that over. They did put that over. Um, yeah, man. Like. I would say like the the one like not good match that Moxley has had on um on AEW has been that empty arena match title match against um Hager. Hager he he's not adjusted his style at all. Um I thought he would. Maybe he would if he were wrestling smaller guys. Um, like maybe he was like basically being the being like the quote unquote Sheamus of uh of AEW. He's wrestling like the Pipsqueaks. If he's wrestling like the young dudes, like the, the j- not uh, like j- a Janella or a you know a private party member or Darby. or Darby <laughs> or or um <clears throat> Jungle Boy, right? But until I, until then, he has basically kept the same style, and it is not a style anybody or I I don't particularly enjoy. Um, so, yeah, the idea of him and Cody going out there and having one of them. No. I am not enthused. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but did they say they didn't? They Okay, so the import is going to be on this episode of uh, Dynamite coming. One more time. What was that? The next challenger for the uh, open challenge is going to be a, is it this week it- or next week? Is, is this week? Okay. Uh, it's already been taped. Uh, okay. So, okay. Uh, All right. It's going to be interesting. And I hope that guy sticks around because I like him. <laughs> so, y'all will have to see who it is. Somebody um, I already know. It's somebody that, like I know and watch and enjoy myself. You've heard the name. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Okay. All right. So, Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> he, he can talk his ass off. So, um, anything happen on the yellow side the yellow side yeah man um so for weeks i have been bemoaning like or well really since since portland i have been bemoaning like they seem to have no big big picture direction uh for nxt um as far as like the the champion the the top title pictures um. So, especially after Portland, like it kind of all fell. Off, the wheels kind of all fell off. Like on the show, go on the go home sh- week of Portland, and then the immediate show after. This time, this cycle, they didn't have none of those problems. Like, yes, they got to um <clears throat> in your house takeover, <clears throat> and like a lot of the feuds were just thrown out there with just names or whatever else and they were undeve- underdeveloped or things that you don't want to see um, but the things that were carrying NXT were the Cruiserweight tournament and 
develop in fleshing out um, the mid card for the women's division in writing off Matt Riddle. So coming out of it, like they have clearly found something in this whole Garganos versus Yim in in Lee thing. Um, so that's me interested to see in the weeks co- coming and going. Like they had a, a mixed tag match where Johnny just is just a piece of shit. Like the match ends where like we're actually going through the match. Mia Yim starts whooping Johnny's ass. Johnny's selling his ass off. It's it's just fucking hilarious. Like I want to see a Johnny Gargano versus Mia Yim match now. <laughs> um, they, they the match ends where um, Candice gets laid out inside the ring. Um, Keith Lee's inside the ring. Johnny hits a slingshot DDT where he basically DDTs Keith Lee onto Candice's corpse. And then uh, Keith Lee comes to, realizes that Candice is hurt because he's not an asshole. He, you know, he tries to get her some medical help. He lifts her up and tries to take her out the ring. And as she goes to take her out the ring, Johnny comes from behind and hits the, uh, hits the schoolboy for the win. And he rolls out the ring with Candace's dead body, lifts up Candace's dead body. It's some full uh, weekend at Bernie shit where, like, Candace is dead. And he basically, like, grabs her arm and holds her arm up in victory. He never actually looks to check in on her health. He's just, like, looking back at, like, you know, keep the mad the mat Keefley inside the ring and, me, and mad me and him inside the ring. And just, like, holds her up. I'm just, like, he is so unconcerned with his wife that just was fucking murdered. He is an asshole. He should She should have divorced him a year or actually, like, 15 months ago. Like, I was saying back then at the times he was so shitty as a, as a husband and, and a person and like just, just so interested on this fucking fake or what on this fucking wrestling as opposed to you know whatever 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 the, the, the you know just toxicity because of, of, of Ciampa anyway um so I, I really enjoyed that I wonder I, I really want to look I'm not saying they're going to do it because they're probably never going to do it but like I, I want to see Johnny Gargano Keith or uh me and your match. I really do. It was so good. Uh, so, uh, then from there... Look, I want to see Keith Lee versus Candice LeRae. Oh, dude, if you guys saw one... Okay, there was a spot in that match where you know how Keith Lee, like, people come off diving and Keith Lee always catches them? Yeah. They did a spot like that where he catches Candice, or actually beginning of the match. Uh, before the match, Rise Bell rings... Mia gets in Johnny's face and they start going to a corner opposite one of the corners and they start arguing. And then Candace gets in Keith Lee's face and Keith Lee's like, "What you arguing with me for? I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> talk to talk to your man's. I ain't, I ain't got shit to do with here. He's an asshole. So I want to fight him. I have nothing. I have no problems with you, Candace. So eventually, he literally puts two hands on Candace on little Candace and lifts her up in the air and then move, basically moves her like a box of furniture like a box of books like and, yeah. and just places moves her, her the way. and then places her down like nicely whatever else and I thought like I would just wait I don't know if it's online I was waiting to look on Twitter uh, and see like go look and see someone had found that a picture of him lifting him up of her lifting him I'm sorry of him lifting her up and then, like you can see in the in the bottom in the bottom left corner, like a black uh, logo. But I don't know if it, I don't know if it existed. But I figured someone was going to be Johnny in the spot and do that. But whatever. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm interested to see what they do between uh, those four in the future. Um, that's not over. Before they went out there for the match, Keith Lee, because it opened with uh, Adam Cole doing a promo about how you know he banished. About how you know he finished with uh, Velveteen and he's going to then um, wrestle his his freak um, Loomis and um, 
before they, they meet up backstage, Yim and Lee and Undisputed backstage, and Keith Lee was like, he basically made it known that like, yeah, man, like we limitless over here, and what's more, and you know the sky's the limit or the, we're limitless, so you know NXT title, why not double champ? So they they put that they threw that out there before they did that. So like Keith Lee wants the NXT title, which makes sense because you look at the the actual viable contenders, he's definitely one of them. Um, hmm. So uh, they did Cameron Grimes with Finn Balor on a rematch after you know what happened a few weeks ago. Um, they have a really good match. I people think it, people say it was great. I'm gonna go that far. I may have been burnt out by the wrestling, but I didn't think it was great. I'd probably give it like three and a half, three and three quarters. Um, <clears throat> Finn Balor at the end ends up winning, gets the win back. Um, t- they set it up throughout the night though, where um, Grimes talking shit about beating Finn Balor. Pointed out that Priest didn't beat Finn Balor at TakeOver. Um, says he couldn't get the job done. Priest walks up because he heard him talking that shit backstage and was like, hey man, good match. You almost had him. You know, kind of like, you know, good job, man. You know, I want no smoke. He cracks him in the jaw. Uh, later in the show, um, one of the refs is talking on a Zoom call to Regal. Telling, trying to tell Regal that, like, yeah, man, that match is all between Balor and Grimes because Grimes says he has a broken jaw, which is like, fuck, you got a medical staff for if he if he can just tell you that he has a broken jaw. Yeah. So they cut the commercial. They self diagnosis. Yeah, he t- yeah, right. He's uh, you know, Holiday Inn Express. So then you get um. You get Regal telling the ref, go find him. I need to talk to him. So they come out of commercial break, and <laughs> Grimes is backstage spinning game to these two girls. Now, uh, one of the girls you know, uh, she is uh, she is one of the few black women wrestlers uh, uh, from Atlanta. I, you, taught, you told me about her before. Brianna um, Brandy? That's who it is. Brianna Brandy, right? Um... He was he was spinning to her, talking about you know you know they were like you know I thought you were hurt nah man they get a little punch you know just a little punch from just a little punch from, from the priest <laughs> I'm good I'm good man I'm tough you know I'm tough I'm tough so all of a sudden Dre, the ref is like Cameron Cameron and Cameron's like beat it ref I'm not here trying, I'm trying to get on these women <laughs> trying to get on these women beat it then all of a sudden he's like. Look, man, I'm trying to tell and after, after you know, tell him to beat enough times, he's like, look, man, I have Regal on the line right here. All of a sudden his eyes bug out, and then he turns around to the to the uh, the video call, and he's like, he grabs his jaw and starts saying, like, oh, you know, the jaw hurts, whatever yeah. else. And yeah. then goes, and all of a sudden Regal's it, it can't be that bad. I just heard you talk to these lovely, these two lovely uh young women. He turns around, all of a sudden he's like, beat it! Kick rocks! I hate y'all! I hate y'all! So, Regal said, "Take your ass to the ring. You get your match is still on. You, you gonna wrestle Finn Balor, and then Balor beat him at the end or whatever else. Like that was the story. Like so, Grimes, he's a total geek. He's a goofball, but like him getting these moments is like of. I feel like because obviously every time he gets in the ring in NXT, he gets himself over just from his work. But I think eventually he's going to get over. 
Mm-hmm. Once they get a real crowd back or whatever else, it won't just be dead silence when he comes out. Then his matches happen. The crowd starts going crazy for his matches. I think eventually, like they'll get him around to like, oh yeah, he's just he's just a fucking geek jackass. He's a shithead, and like we hate him, so, but he's also really good. So we'll, 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 you know, he'll eventually get himself over as a heel. Um. Oh yeah, so out comes Phantasma. Boy, boy. Uh, out comes Phantasma to celebrate that he won the um. Cruiserweight title last week. And he's about to talk. Out comes Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick has new music. You know, I guess when you get your job back, you get new music. Um, he comes out and says, look, um, people have been talking about me all week, but people haven't been talking enough about you. You won. You're the champion. You deserve it. Congratulations. You were great throughout the tournament. Um, but I want you to know, like, I think I can beat you. I, I want a rematch. Baby face, you know, white meat baby face that Phantasma is, you know, just just agrees to it, shakes his hand, and it's all good. So then out come the two goons. Now keep in mind, like, except for like one match in the tournament, the goons have came out and interfered in like every single Phantasma match. Or have also eventually just, um, or also like have uh, beat down people that uh, Phantasma have happened to beat later on in the show. Like, he beat Tazawa. Or, like, uh, the goons attack Tazawa after Phantasma beat Tazawa. Right? So, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, because of the title match, um, Maverick lost because the goons came out as a distraction. He warded off the goons that were attacking, that were going trying to attack, or were attacking on Phantasma. And when he came back to the ring, he caught Phantasma's finish, and that was the end of the match. So... They go back to back as they, you know, the two go on opposite side, or the two goons come up on opposite sides of the ring, and then all of a sudden, Phantasma comes comes away from the back to back and turns around on uh, and faces uh, Maverick's back, and then Maverick feels it like they're not back to back anymore. He's like, "I've been set up, fuck." Yep, so, I've been had. Right, so you know, it's very much like the, like the Undertaker stuff. Where Undertaker's like, "Oh God, he's behind me." He turns around. Um, so. He attacks the dude, the first goon that's on the apron, and then he turns around and Phantasma starts attacking and gets beat three on one, beat three on one. And then, <clears throat> next thing you know, the, the goons unmask, and it's Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde, Ion Zima, DJ Z, um, the first two people that were kidnapped um, by the goon, by the, by the masked luchadors and suits. So, then. Phantasma takes off his mask. Keep in mind, he hasn't spoken a single word of English. Not once on his promos, his uh, his video package vignette when he debuted, none of that. It's all been in Spanish and subtitled. He takes off the mask, he looks dead into the camera, and he says, my name is Santos Escobar. And then all of a sudden, uh, he has uh, Drake Maverick laid out in front of him, the two dudes do stereo dives like the Usos on top of uh, Drake Maverick's body, and that was pretty much it. I forgot what's happened after he said his name, but it was like he spoke perfect fucking English, and it was like, "No one can touch me." I heard right, someone. right, right. I am touchable, and it's like, "Yo, like, so it's one so, of two things." It's one. So who, who are the who are the other luchadors? Okay, so it's one of two things, or maybe three things, but either it's a 
one of the masked dudes when they were snatching these dudes up out out of uh out of the parking lot, it was always the other guy plus Mendoza to fake you out on thinking. Because remember, these are always done in front of camera crews. These were never like some the camera's not there. It was always the actual camera crew was there. It was always like interviewing Raul Mendoza after a tough loss and he gets snatched up. It was always wild snatched up. Oh, it was always interviewer with Tazawa after the match with uh Phantasma Phantasma shakes his hand and then like when they attacked Phantas when they attacked uh Akira Tazawa they attacked him against the car door that uh Phantasma couldn't get out of so had, by the time he got out they were they had already beat up Tazawa and had gotten in the car and left before the Phantasma get out the other opposite uh, the passenger side like so it's either that or it's like it was always three it's three people or it was always three people and it was two guys always taking up one unmasked guy or whatever. They're taking off screen names months ago. You don't remember. Or these are flat out, like, because his name is, last name is Escobar. These are just flat out, like, cartel implications. Yeah. Like, they drug dealers without the drugs. Right. Like, that, that's what's right. going on. Yeah. Like, LAX in the, uh, uh, who was LAX against? I mean, um, in Impact. <laughs> I think it was LAX and then the real LA, the original LAX, but LAX. What was, LA, what the, was it OGs? Was her name? OGs. That's right. Yeah, OGs. Yeah. When it was her doing gang, drive-bys and kids getting hit with cars. Real cinematic stuff. Like, I remember when they, bro, you remember that fight that they had? Uh, I didn't. Like, I don't really. They wanted to go fight on the street and then, like, Conan was involved in the fight. And uh, yeah, that shit was hilarious. Okay. Um. Yeah, but I had thought. Um, like Raul Mendoza had kidnapped himself or some shit like that. <laughs> um, it's a possibility. Like they have that's a tight. Like it, there's one thing they have to say. Like on the back end, it was like either you know, make, if you lean on these in, on these cartel implications, then clearly like this number of of mass uh, luchadors. Like for example, right? Um, somebody else pointed out like. Jake Atlas on the other side of the bracket. Jake Atlas <clears throat> could be a quote-unquote fourth person in this thing potentially, right? Because you know he was always you know he was always friends with encouraging um, Drake Maverick to make it and to win, but Drake Maverick ended up getting out of the bracket or getting out of that um, that group. But either way. Ultimately, what it does is it set up the landscape for the for the cruiserweight division because you have Escobar slash Phantasma on top. So you got another heel, another heel group. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, but at least this was interesting. Like, it's, it is new. Like, it, it's supposed to. I agree. Like, yeah, it's new, but it's still ultimately like more evil on top. I get you. I get you. I absolutely, really, I get you. Like, and I wish there were baby faces on top, but like, this ain't what they do. So, like, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I thought this was a brilliant swerve. Like, this was like the best swerve that was actually like a swerve that that makes some goddamn sense in a long ass time. Like, this is one of the best things they've, like that I've seen on TV in a long time. But, um, but what it does say is like, um. When he showed up, there were uh, talks about like he has a tattoo of a of a yin yang a towel on his chest, and like when he comes out on his on his uh, Titantron, they they that's his logo is a is a yin yang. So like, there could be a play to where like it's a to, to quote Jay Z, it's like a duality <laughs> between the babyface 
uh, Luchador Phantasma, and then the evil that is pa- uh, Pablo Escobar. That's uh, Pablo Escobar. Santos Escobar. My bad. Yeah, uh, that, that fucking name. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, I'm telling you, that's what it is going to be cartel implications. Oh like, it was more than just two masked goons. But then, anyway, like, what it does set up is given the results of the tournament, Swerve beat. Swerve's the only person to beat uh, <clears throat> to to beat uh, Phantasma in the in the tournament, so he's a potential uh, title challenger. Kushida was still owed his title shot, uh, was owed a title shot because he got screwed out of the, the triple threat. Right, he's a potential baby top baby face. Right, Drake Maverick is immediately the first person who's going to get the first title shot, and he's going to beat him obviously. But that's the first one, right? And then. Like so, and then you're off to the races, and then you can have all these matches with DJZ and Raul Mendoza versus Swerve or Drake Maverick or Kushida, and or even Atlas. If Atlas, you know, and Atlas is also a, he could be a heel that eventually you know shows himself that should be a part of this operation, or he could just be a straight up baby face too. Like so, like they have done with this tournament. Like this turned into something even better than I thought. And the sad thing is, like this was excellent television, but it wasn't on Takeover, and like. This is what kind of like saved the show the last like three or four weeks. Yeah. Um. After well, that, they are going head to head. Like, I mean, Fighter Fest is happening in the month. There's a reason these programs are getting rolled out. You know, at the speed they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also have and NXT is very much destination destination. Like when they don't have destinations, like then what is this? Um. So. Oh, yeah, and then, uh, after that, only thing really in the mention on NXT really is um, the tag match that they're going to have next week um, with Sasha and Bailey showing up against um, against Shotzi and Tegan. Um, we're going to get Imperium, uh, Eichner Bartel versus uh, Breezango. They did a good pe- video package Breezango about like, yeah, you know, we you know we were some of those colorful acts in NXT. Or sorry, on SmackDown the last few years, but became such goofballs that you know we weren't worried about what happened with the bell ring and we kind of refocus, and that's why we you know title contenders. You know, I ain't going to beat them, and they're also playing on the you know super serious, you know, the ring of sacred versus the goofballs. So that's easy story. Um, that so that's next week is a title match. Uh, the women's title match is talked about, and then they did Loomis versus Adam Cole. Um, good match considering what Loomis is. Loomis is basically just 90s Undertaker, um, slash Kane. Really more Kane. Um, he ends up beating him at the end, uh, with, you know, normal, <laughs> undisputed cheating. Uh, so, Loomis and, after the match is over, Loomis and Velveteen brawl to the back with Fish and Roddy, Cole thinks it's all sweet. Out comes Scarlet. Scarlet uh, pulls out a uh, a um, hourglass. Hour, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is up? <laughs> what the fuck is an hourglass? I can't even think of the word. Thank you. Uh, pulls out hourglass. Hourglass flips it over, indicating obviously your time's up. TikTok, and then even though it's not so a TikTok, like, but yeah. Uh, so crossing in looks like the immediate like thing is cross versus Cole. It's like, why the fuck would you have Adam Cole be the champion over a fucking year as a heel to have him lose to another fucking heel? Like, yeah, that's the thing. What? That's the thing. Like, 
what like who benefits from this and like he's the new mo- and they clearly want to make him the the top star now i'm sorry like like beating Tommaso Ciampa in six minutes, like it feels like it's not enough. But like they're jetpacking this nigga. Like, yeah, they're putting the rap uh, too. Um, there are things I like about him, but do I, do I like? Yeah, I want him to be the next NXT champion. No, but it's like whatever. Like, like who? If it's not going, like somebody has to eventually beat him. And like the person that should have beat him, they just moved to SmackDown. Well, go go find another heel to, to, to get that shit to. Yep. Um, yeah, they had Scarlet looking crazy, and I'll leave it at that. Bing. she's in a full of leather or pleather bodysuit. Nah, I'm talking about like the hair. Like it's like this is a far departure from the smoke show. I mean, do you want her to be the smoke show and wrestle? The smoke show didn't wrestle. I could have swore she wrestled. Nah, I, I don't. I don't recall her having any matches. She was uh, doing. Anything. She yeah. was in Stardom, Rich. She was wrestling at some point. Maybe not no more. Impact. I'm talking oh, about Impact. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. So this is also a far departure. Start. Uh. Scarlet. Scarlet. 2017. Stardom. Rossi Ogawa always ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah. I Adam Cole versus Karen Cross. Not exciting. Um, oh well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, there, there are no good options for Adam Cole that aren't like Keith Lee. That aren't like. I mean, there are four options. Finn Balor, they've already done. Keith Lee, he's already a fucking champion. Walter, I don't know if he can get into the country or when he can get into the country. The one I would want the most to see right now would be Walter versus Adam Cole, based off what they did at. Uh, What's it called? Um, Worlds Collide in, in January. But who knows when we're ever going to get that or if we're ever going to get that because of because of COVID and travel bans. Yikes. Um, so before we get up out of here, I guess we got to talk about um, Heyman getting the uh, axe. Um, oh, yeah. So he was around for just over a year. Um and eventually people got tired of him. There's some, you know, rumors that are around that, you know, he didn't get along with a lot of the older stars because of course Paul Heyman always wants to push the younger talents uh up because Paul Heyman like wrestling, it's almost as if he knows like the lifeblood of wrestling is young talent and being able to cycle through it. Yep. Um, and that's never gonna go over well with like older people that have been around that are looking like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm about to be replaced. Uh Paul Heyman's like an NBA general manager, always building for the future, hoping you can always tear it down to be able to have job security. But uh working for Vince McMahon, there is no such thing as job security. And aside from like, you know, this always happens with Heyman. This is always this is what it is. Like eventually Vince is tired of the shit and then he puts fucking Bruce Pritchard in charge. My God. Bruce Pritchard hustled, scammed, lied his way back to being the right-hand man and basically r- running WWE. How the... I blame you, Conrad. I, bl- I blame Conrad for this. <laughs> uh, like, just... He, I can't believe this man turned shitting on Dave Meltzer into... Like, and shitting what on kind, Dave like, Meltzer by lying... Like, if you want to think of like, he's, you know, he's like, a Nestor of the Year nominee now. Yeah, yes. Uh, one thing I would say, especially about like why it's like especially bad is like 
there are things to actually criticize Dave Meltzer about because Meltzer will say stuff that he has no business saying, like, you know, like, who gives a fuck if it's actual oral chemo or not, Dave? Who gives a fuck uh, about, um, you know, you you trying to speak in code to talk about um, uh, <laughs> Peyton Royce's uh, breast implants by saying she was heavier? There are things he will step on. He's not the great... Look, I don't think there really is any really good like 60s or person in their uh, 50s or 60s as white and is good on talking about race, really. But Meltzer's not good on talking about it. Like, he means well. I, I, he, I will give Dave this. He wrote an excellent column in The Observer last week, uh, like, regarding Black Lives Matter. Okay. Okay. But, but in general, yeah. But in general, like, in general, like, you know, he's just, like, he, he means, he tries to mean well, but obviously, like, he doesn't, he's not great at it. So, um, like he's one of those well-meaning white people we were talking about last week that uh you know um as far as like you're gonna get drugged for the stuff you you know while trying to quote unquote uh, maneuver through this and try to learn and grow like we gonna we gonna dunk on you and clown on you and like Dave you Meltzer's going that, to you come out better on the other side right yeah so um what was I gonna say yeah so like there is stuff to actually get on him about right like you know writing stuff that didn't writing stuff that, like for jokes or whatever else as opposed to, you know, um, just giving it to you straight with his opinion. Uh, well, his opinion does ver- verge into insult comedy sometimes. But, so yeah, but like, so there's stuff to talk about with Dave Meltzer. And also, you know, his, his propensity for like enjoying wrestling that's more based on, like based on a particular uh, set of wrestling than like all the wrestling, uh, even though he pretends that he does have a bias, he clearly does. Uh, but, yeah, so, and I'm not saying this. Whatever, I'm not. Like, whatever, he's biased towards the good wrestling. <laughs> no, he is more on the work rate moves type of wrestling as opposed to uh, like. And if it, but, but like if it was like all the selling and no moves, or all the moves and no selling, he will he'll gladly take all the moves and no selling. Um. So, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, my point was, there's stuff to actually say about Dave Meltzer, but to, like, you know, constantly shit on him about, like, his opinion on some shitty match from 1997 on some B pay-per-view, who gives a flying fuck? Like, you know, it's just, it's just you know, whatever. It, it is it is what it is. He has... Mabel's the third man, that has, type of shit. Like, say again? Like, that Mabel's the third man type shit. Like, nah, man. Like, <laughs> like so, so for me, it's just like, look, you're worried about the wrong things or whatever else. Like you, you fed to this group of people that, you know, think that Dave Meltzer is anti WWE for some weird fucking reason, even though, you know, like he may or may not have been on the payroll at some point, but that's another story. Um, so that's where we are. He, he was fired for bringing a fucking gun to work and he's back with the company. He is now like the, the head writer for both shows, even though he was already the writer on the show. They had the least, uh, young people watching it. And I had the show with like the least that was that people liked the least, even though like Heyman had the three hour show and Heyman and Pritchard had the two hour show. And Pritchard had the, the advantage of being on the one that was Fox. While Heyman had the one that was, the one that was on our USA Network, like the person that should have been fired should have been Pritchard, not Heyman. But life ain't fair, so here we are. But you know who's not fired? Missing man. No, 
J E double F J A double R E double T. That's right. Jeff Jarrett. What do you Jeff Jarrett will be the last man standing, James. Jeff Jarrett will own the WWE one day. I'm calling it now in the show. Like Jeff Jarrett will win at the end. I, I I'm betting it. Jeff Jarrett is going to run the WWE because who won? Who is going to run the WWE when Vince went to jail? Jerry Jarrett. Jerry, yeah, yeah. We know Jeff got money. We know he's around. We know everybody likes him. He's going to run WWE one day. It's really sad that like you have all these people. Like it's 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 really sad that like Triple H is one of the best bookers in the world and. He's further away. It seems like he's further away from potentially like becoming the head of this shit than before. Like it's so, it makes no fucking sense. Like you ask anybody who's watched the TV over the last when did Pritchard get the job? Like this fall, like the summer or the fall of last year. Like last year. Last year, did he? He got it right right before he moved to Fox, right? Yeah. So yeah, so he's had it for over six months. He's had it for, uh, you know, he's basically had it for like eight months now. You you want to compare NXT's eight months of TV to uh, or you want to compare Raw or sorry SmackDown's eight months of TV to NXT's? They're both two hour shows, right? Yeah. Uh, so nonsense, just total fucking nonsense. Whatever, whatever. I think they're trying to protect Triple H from himself. You know what? <clears throat> We're at a point now where the t- where the the uh, creative we is so need to bad. just find out. Huh? Yes, we, we are. We are that bad right now. We are that bad. Look at what we reviewed on the. Ro- what did we review for the main roster? Pay per view. Bad. bad. We don't. Yeah. We don't have viable. Te- we don't have viable title contenders on SmackDown. On the Fox show, we don't have viable title contenders. Rich. You know they. I mean they. They just beat down Brian. You know we put. We put Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in what's probably the best main roster match this year on SmackDown because we didn't want it to <laughs> to outperform the match that we had motherfuckers taped two, three times. Amazing. This company's priorities at the top is fucked. Yeah. Look, oh, well. That's, that's, Vince that's... needs to go. Everybody that's a Vince Yes Man needs to go. Hunter needs to be put in. Hunter needs to put in his people. You can talk all your shit about NXT and the lack of uh, a lack of baby faces right now and the lack of uh, and their match style as far as being overdone with, with you got to shoot somebody to beat somebody. But at the end of them fucking things, nine times out of ten, you come away saying, wow, that was a great-ass show. I didn't feel like I got robbed. I feel like they gave, they tried to put on the best show they possibly they put on every single time, uh, almost every single time. I um I almost never say that about a main roster production. When was the last time they put... Was was Evolution the last time like everybody put on their best performance uh, for a show or pay-per-view? Um, I don't know. Maybe the world, maybe the Survivor Series, maybe or I don't know. Oh, no, oh, not Survivor oh, Series. Oh, so Survivor Series when like you know a third of the ro- a third of the people on there are NXT guys that are Triple H's people. <laughs> Seems to be a theme here. It's amazing. 
Look, also you talk about evolution, evolution. Oh, so the Mayon Classic final, and then the NXT Women's Title match, Triple H Productions. <laughs> they have yet, they have yet to go out there and have, put out there and say we're going to give you our money, but we're going to try our best. Unless Triple H is out here begging and pleading and tugging on Vince, say no, do not fuck the fans, stop fucking the fans. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust these people, and I never will. Um, don't, I don't, I don't blame you. Like I've been burnt like Cajun. So <laughs> But in, in the end, Jeff Jarrett will win. Oh, Remember God. that. I think I'll really if Jeff Jarrett actually did become the head of <laughs> I think I'm really good. I'm gonna watch pay per views. I'm fucking done. I'm just done. NXT, somebody else can cover it. I'm good. The fakes. i just I'll just look, I, I will I will just fully I'll just fully fall into my uh my my uh <laughs> Uh, Japanese wrestling fetish that it, you know that Nick Aldis was talking about. I'm sorry, can't do it. It'll be yeah. AW in in New Japan, and I'll pick up all Japan. I'll pick up Noah. You, I'll pick up Dragon you, you, Gate. You, you said it wrong. Not all Japan. All of Japan. That's, that's <laughs> what you pick up. All of Japan. Yes, this was this was basically turned into wrestling omakase, except black. Yes, is that what happened? I've had yeah, enough. Black, black akase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've had enough. Uh, they have so. ran, look, they have ran me from my own territory. <laughs> they ran me uh, out of my own continent. So New Japan did come back um, yep. with their show. Uh, I watched it today. It was like just real stripped down, basic show. Yep. Uh, still good. And um, tens just, on. Ooh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Tens on. From another tar- era. Stationary targets can't can't connect with straight stationary targets. Just nah, bro. That's <laughs> right. It might be time. Like Nakanishi just laid it down. You might need to lay it down yourself. Like y'all remember the movie Life when it was talking about who's Nick? We on deck. Like yeah, that's what he's that's, on deck. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's on deck. Um, Yoda Suji. Um, he's either a time traveler because he looks like he's from 1979. <laughs> Why do you say that? He just has an old look to him. He, he looks like a, he looks like Kitakabashi's son except with facial except with facial hair and, and long hair. That man don't smile though. I didn't say he'd smile I didn't say he was Kitakabashi. I said he looks like Kitakabashi. But Kabashi smiles. That's true. So I don't know. Um look, his last name ain't Kabashi. May, you know, maybe it's one of those like, yeah, yeah, that's my son. Keep that on the tuck. <laughs> But uh, keeping strong style is gonna have a full breakdown of all that, and they're gonna have like they're gonna be back with their shows, uh, and like I think New Japan Cup starts not the sixteenth, right? Tuesday, but Wednesday I think it starts. Okay, yeah. So in the morning, um, but yeah, we can wrap this up, man. Yeah, uh, that's in the show. Be sure to read us on whatever app you're um, using to listen to this. Be sure to check out our sponsor for the show. One of the sponsors for the show, uh, PowerSlam TV. They have our 5,000 hours of footage from uh, all across the world. You can enter the uh, code social suplex, get your free must trial. Um, check out prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex to pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Also, be sure to check out our Discord. Uh, what's the info on the Discord? It's, the, link is in, the link to our Discord is in the description for the folks that are listening, Rich. 
Yep. The, if you go to the social suplex Twitter page, like it's a pinned, um, it's a pinned link. If you ever want to come in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also be able be sure to check out the other uh, shows in the network. Um, us on Mondays and Sundays. Uh, one, I was going to say one H radio. Yikes. Uh, keeping a strong style on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, the Ricky and Clyde wrestling podcast. Every other Wednesday, grow and watch this shit. Friday, get in the ring, and Saturday, all things elite. Thanks hey, for listening. And, and don't forget, manscaped.com. Get 20% off free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com. Help your boys out. Because um, we, uh, you know, we, we've been waiting to get big sponsors for a while, and here we are. Yes. Yes. It's been a long road, and we are finally on the path towards selling out. Like yep. for those for those that have heard us say, you know, the, the slogan of the show is One H Radio, watch your ass. Uh, even before then, we were saying One H Radio, we can't wait to sell out, and we're on the path. So help help us achieve our dreams. <laughs> Later, y'all. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.